What up? Uh, it's episode 11. If we're keeping track of numbers around here, you know, I notice uh, I type them in every week, uh, season two episode, you know, whatever it is. And then on the like Spotify, for instance, it has no mention of what episode number anywhere in there that I type. So for anyone who's curious, this is episode 11, season two. Not that it matters. You know, none of these are that important to know the chronological order, probably. But I uh, just thought I would give the info. Also, I got to just talk about random shit because I'm trying for the second time a solo show. So for anyone that missed it, first episode back on season two, we did eight of the solo episode. This will be, I don't know what the name's going to be yet. We will see. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to try it again. I feel like it went decent last time. But also the show's evolved since then, you know, over the last couple months, you know, we've kind of found our groove for season two. Episodes are getting long. Uh, honestly, the podcast is just weird. We don't really have a specific genre. If someone's like, what what show is yours like? It's like, it's kind of like Bill Simmons mixed with hip hop, mixed with music reviews, mixed with fucking conspiracy theory. Like, you know, it's kind of everything which is stupid, but that's just the way we do it. So I need to get the message out there more about the synonym music, getting some music played. Uh, we should probably honestly give more feedback, but on the first iteration of this podcast, people would get so mad when you would give them feedback sometimes that I just, if I don't have anything nice to say, I don't say it. You know, that's what I've learned. So there you go. Read between the lines, if you will. And that's what I tell my co-hosts that are here in person because they ask me to like, what if I don't like this song? And I'm like, just don't. Don't say anything, I guess. But maybe we should be more real about it. But then we won't get music. It's the catch-22. So anyway, that's some of the shit. Um, let me know out there if y'all got some ideas of how we can promote this. Maybe what how we can word it. You know, what is our catchphrase for this podcast? A podcast of It's basically listen to a guy talk some dumb shit with friends most of the time while listening to cool music. So there you go. Put Print that on the t-shirt. As they say. All right. First thing I need to get to, because that none of that was a need, um, is our Patreon. Patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. You can go there and sign up for a dollar or more a month. You'll get early access, normally 24 hours early to the episodes. Uh, for $5 or more a month, you will be a better fan and you will get access to all of the bonus episodes every month. So currently we have put out one secret show a month. And then we put out one bonus show a month. We may do more bonus shows in the future if people want to do it. Uh, they're basically like these episodes, except instead of underground music, we're listening to mainstream music. Because I don't think I'm going to get copyright stricken on Patreon unless we just like super blow up or something. But even then, I don't think, I don't know. Who knows? And um, yeah, you know, the secret shows, we have themes. So last night, actually, me recording this, me and Skinny just did the alcohol episode. Maybe it's two nights ago. It's kind of hard to keep. I think it was two nights ago, actually. And, uh, you know, we, we drank some LITs, talked about all of our favorite alcohol stories. The one before that, we done drug stories. We went over a bunch of drugs. Then the month before that, it was awkward sex stories. So we're trying to bring the good shit on those secret shows for your $5. And then also, uh, you can be a co-producer for $10 a month. And uh, co-producers get shouted out on every episode. And that would be my mother, It's Your Boy H2, Forgotten One, Graveyard Entertainment, and Bradster X. You know, keeping us going. They are the five pillars of the Pentagon that is the podcast. And without them, this whole structure would fail. Fall. It would fall. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but either way, 
appreciate them. And then uh, we have a merch shop. I think it's myspreadshop.apodcastmo.com, something like that. Again, I'll have a link to anything important in the notes of this podcast. So y'all go look there if you need the links. And um, yeah, so get you get you a fucking t-shirt. That's what I say. All right, let's uh, let's get to it now. It is me doing a solo episode. I'm doing us a fucking nine in the morning. I mean, it's past nine, but it's in it's still nine on the fucking clock, and I got a shot poured up. All right, that's how we're doing it. We're doing it early today. I have to do the shot on the first song. This has become a tradition of mine. Even when someone calls in or people are here, we're doing shots on the first song, or I am at least. So that is part of my New Year's resolution was to drink more. So far. I've been doing pretty good at it. You know, I only drink actually when I do the podcast. I don't drink any other time. So the podcast is keeping my alcohol consumption alive. And so maybe that's what I like about season two as well. You know, it's like a little bit of the attic in me is like, we got to do the podcast so I can drink. And normally don't like it. But lately it's been treating me all right and treat me all right. So I say let's get to a song so I can fucking get a shot in me. We're going to start off with our homie Southern Comfort from Graveyard Entertainment, uh, SoCo, if you will. Now, a few weeks ago, him and Brad called in. we done like a three-way call on the on the episode. It was kind of a shit show. It was decent. Hopefully, it'll be better if we try that again. But y'all go listen to that if you're curious. Um, anyway, the name of this new song from Southern Comfort, which is produced by me. I did make this beat. Um, and the name of this song is Do It. I'm all about living, let live. As long as you ain't hurting nobody else, you ain't hurting me, you ain't hurting mine, you ain't hurting nobody else's family. You can do it if you want to, only if you want to, only if you want to. And when they put the pressure on you, tell them you do what you want to. You can do it if you want to, only if you want to, only if you want to. And when they put the pressure on you, tell them you do what you want to. It's your life. Life could be so much better. I'm telling you this. I give my thoughts for free. I'm not selling you this. Your life could be better now if you seek happiness from within. You will find it each and every time. Validation online only leads to fakeness. One day you wake up and realize all the time you wasted. Chasing sensations, craving attention. Are you just as happy as your profile picture? What about your family? Do you really rock with them? Or is it enough to like every status? I'm not above it. I'm just asking. I know you live in life, but is it really life? If you want to, only if you want to, only if you want to. And when they put the pressure on you, tell them you do what you want to. You can do it if you want to, only if you want to, only if you want to. And when they put the pressure on you, tell them you do what you want to. It's your life. Do you do what you want to or just what you told? You deserve to know, you deserve to grow in a way that suits you To shop for groceries and no one shoots you Send your kids to school and they come back safely To trust the police won't take their gun off safety Just cause you born of a different shade We are all human, God created They don't believe in God or they would not hate us I ain't here to preach to you, I just wanna talk to you But at the end of the day, what I won't do Is tell you not to do what you want to I ain't gonna do that to you You know why? It's your life 
your life Do it Do it Southern Comfort Um Go check him out. You know, I like what he did on that beat a lot. You know, I remember making that, or I remember having that beat for a long time uh, and always thinking it was very cool. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Southern Comfort was the perfect person to get on that. You know, he has that Southern thing going on and the beat kind of has a bluesy shit. I think it worked well. Um, in a more critical world now, I can't hate too much because SoCo's mixing has come so far in his quality. You know, before it was trash. Y'all go back, listen to some early episodes. No offense, but he knows. And, uh, you know, it's gone a lot, a lot better. I do think there's still some things like in the verse, there's like a lot of air noise in the background that bothers me, but I know it doesn't bother everyone, you know, but there's like little things, you know, we're always striving to do better. I fucking suck at mixing. It's definitely probably my weakest area. And, uh, you know, all we got to do is just keep on keeping on, keep pushing, try to get better. Uh, like I said, I know SoCo, he has all these singles. I don't know if it's like a deluxe soco talk coming out like i said he was just on a few weeks ago and acted like he didn't have any real projects in the works but he was trying to do features stuff like that so um i know i've sent him a bunch of beats you know i know and collab projects as well with people so he has a whole lot of shit in the works um i just don't know when when what's doing or whatever i'm trying to say i think when's what's doing makes sense makes enough sense for me um also follow up on that shot um coffee is a weird fucking chaser it is not so you take a shot of fucking southern comfort whiskey which i did um and then you try to chase that with coffee it just burns there was that was not pleasant so luckily i had a, a gatorade on standby as a backup chaser that was all i had within reach and um man I guess learn from my lesson, kids. If you're out there, coffee not a good chaser for the hot shots. Um, probably just pour the the shot in the coffee. I guess what might have been better. You know, I know that is a thing. Some Irish shit. Um, but honestly, I guess I've strayed away from it because I've always gotten real annoyed by the Irish white people who were like, "Hey, I'm fucking Irish." Or I'm I'm Scottish. I also knew guys that knew their German. Like any white person who's like proud of like their country of origin, I think is weird. Now, because I think that, that also makes me kind of judge some minorities who care a great deal as well. So like that is why I think sometimes I can maybe come off insensitive, but I'm just like, well, I've I've thought that Irish dude was annoying my whole life. So now I have to like be like just because it's mexico instead of ireland i have to change my views i don't know i still think are you american or not motherfucker you know that's kind of where my dumb brain goes but you know usa usa packs all jim duggan or whatever man that's that's where my fucking brain lives all right what's on my list i have a lot of shit going on maybe not a lot of shit but i have enough shit hopefully to cover an episode uh recently this week of my recording i went and saw my best friend powwow so i know it's weird for adults men i think probably just adults in general but let's just say adult men to say they have best friends and i know people look at you weird when you say it but uh he just, I don't know. And it's more than a friend, to be honest. Me and Powell have a very uh, brotherly relationship. We lived together in college many years and not just like just normal roommates. We have, I've met many of college roommates that are also like, they don't like each other or there's like some sort of beef or whatever. But me and Powell just always got along so well. Um, you know, if I bought groceries or I bought anything, you know, he was allowed to use it and vice versa. We just had a very, 
good fucking relation. You know, I couldn't ask for a better uh, roommate and shit like that when we were going through. And then, uh, I don't know, we just, it was always a lot of fun. He dances like a motherfucker. He's very jovial, very loud. You know, he's just life of the party guy. I am not that. I'm very introverted and, um, you know, kind of mean to people. But then, like, when, you know, if Pow Wow gets the people to come and hang out because his loudness, once, like, we're all hanging out, people are like, oh, shit, this dude's pretty cool. You know, like, somehow we use that together, you know, and, uh, you know, it was just a lot of a lot of good memories. Someday I'm trying to get him on the season two here. Maybe we'll just talk about old memories we have. But uh, my visit with him, you know, I, I kind of I went last spring break. So it's been one year since I saw him. And at that time, actually, was when I first started having my weird medical issues. So people don't remember over this last year, I had this weird uh, thing with my leg and my hip and she, I just couldn't feel my right leg and I couldn't feel my hands. And I thought I was dying. And then it uh, turned out I just had no vitamins in my body. So I've been taking these vitamin shots or I was taking all these vitamins trying to get better. And these days I can feel everything. Now, lately in the last couple of weeks, my right leg has started to go numb every once in a while again. So I think I'm running short on vitamins. I think I need to, you know, get the vitamin regimen up again because I've been slacking on that. But, you know, so I basically was talking about all that, you know, since the last time and he was talking about his life and shit. But also he has two kids, uh, uh, you know, Saya and Paul are their names. And Saya's eight now, I think. And Paul, I think's fucking five, maybe. I mean, geez, it's crazy to think about. And, um, you know, little redhead fucks. So, you know, I see them or whatever, you know, and, and all that. So I show up, powwow. They went out the night before. They were all hungover and drunk. Jill was still asleep. That's his wife. And, uh, you know, it was just a madhouse um, in there. And then the kids get dropped off from their grandparents, like, pretty quickly, you know, so I got to see them or whatever. Now, the thing that sticks out the most about the kids is they fucking love Mortal Kombat. And this is like Mortal Kombat 10 or 11. I don't know which one. One of the ones on the PS4. And now I know I played Mortal Kombat when I was their age. I think Mortal Kombat 1 came out when I was five. So that would be Paul's age, the youngest one. But I remember playing it at my cousin's house with all of his older friends. And it was actually my cousin's older brother, who's also my cousin, of course, but I didn't really hang out with him. But it was like these older kids, like, you know, 10 years older than me, like loving it. And I felt uncomfortable seeing Mortal Kombat because I was just a good little Christian boy. And I remember going in and telling my aunt, like, oh my God, they're ripping skulls and spawns out of people. And she told me that the devil possessed the game and I shouldn't be watching it. So like, that was my introduction to Mortal Kombat. And, uh, you know, so these kids are watching or playing Mortal Kombat. You know, I'm playing with them or whatever, and it's fine. But it's really shocking to me. They're like, watch this. They're like doing a fatality with Leatherface and chopping someone's head off. And they're just cracking up thinking it's so funny. And I have never was into gory stuff. You know, it's never been my thing. So I'm thinking the whole time, like, these kids are psychotic. And I'm looking at Powell, and I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Like, you... I mean, I guess it's fine because we were like that, but your kids are going to be so much more fucked than these other kids that aren't exposed to this, right? And, maybe, and I guess this will be the experiment, but I will not lie. I was judging, you know, not from, it's not my call, but all my kids, they've obviously played it a lot more than me. Um, but that that was a thing that happened. Also, I liked giving Saya shit a little bit because, you know, he was playing on easy and then he would act like the game's easy. And I'd be like, well, of course it is. You're playing on easy. You know, like I was kind of being a little asshole to him, but I think he needs it. Now, I something else that sticks out about Saya, and I hate doing this because I say it's about Snappy's kid cash. And I can tell Snappy doesn't like, but I'm like, there's just certain kids. I'm like, oh, I can see myself for them because their situation's similar to mine or whatever. And like, Pow Wow is smart, but he's not an arguer smart. 
He's like, he can go to work and figure shit out and all that, but he's not going to sit there and argue a point with you to get you to submit to his point. Like, he's not like that. Whereas in Saya, it kind of has that smart ass in him, and I just relate to it. So Pow Wow will be like, hey, y'all need to go blah, 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 blah. And he gives them reasons why they need to do something. But if one of those reasons is is dumb or wrong, Saya's like, well, actually, you said that, but that doesn't even make sense. It should be this. And then Pow Wow gets mad and he's like, listen, motherfucker, I just told you to go do it. You know, I'm sure he doesn't call it motherfucker, but y'all get the point. But like, he gets really pissed and he's like, just do what I say. And then you can tell size like, but you just said, and I just, I don't know. I related so hard. Cause I remember being like that to my parents. Like they would say something and I go, well, that's stupid. And they would be like, I don't care. Just do it, you know, or whatever. And so I just really related to Sia's little smart Alec, uh, rebellion. He, he had going on a little bit, but also what was funny is last time I was there, Paul, because he's younger, he was crying the whole time and all that. And Sia was cool. This time Sia was whining almost the entire time. And Paul was really cool. So, you know, kids will be kids, I guess. But it was enjoyable to uh, see Powell be in parent mode, you know, to watch all that. And then the kids were excited about dinner. You know, Powell used to be, in my opinion, like the best rib chef. You know, he would just smoke the fuck out of some ribs. And I would be like, hell yeah, bro, let's do it. He made some ribs that the dinner, not the best. I just got to call Powell out on that one. And then... um. My only other little note about his thing is we we went and ate breakfast the next day at some fucking diner place that was delicious. I mean, the fucking breakfast was so good. But one of the white older lady waitresses said something to powwows where like, and we didn't talk about it afterwards, where it's like, it's not racist, but it's something, you know, where like a powwow, people don't know, he has like a long Indian hair, right? It's like fucking braided, goes down to probably almost his ass now. Maybe not that long, but it's pretty fucking long. He's been growing it for I don't know, probably since Sia was born or something, it's like eight years or so. And, uh, you know, it's long as fuck. And this waitress comes, just stops and talks to him and is like, I just want to let you know your hair is beautiful. And he goes, thank you. And then she walks away. And I tell him, I go, I know it's not racist because it's not negative, but there is something about it. They're like, you don't say that to a white guy with long hair. You're like a, like a Viking looking motherfucker. You don't say that to a black dude with long dress. You just... It was, it's very specific to the native man that where a white woman has to come up and be like, let me tell you how beautiful your hair. I don't, it's just something about it. That's so fucking odd. (laughs) It's just very odd. Um, anyway, also we played dynasty warriors. So after the kids went to sleep, Powell looked at me and people that don't know me and Powell in college, we just played the fuck out of dynasty warriors. It happened to be one of these games we both liked. And, um, he told me, he goes, hey, man, I'm trying to beat, there's this one stage in Dynasty Wars, I just can't beat it uh, with Jill if you want to try. And I go, bro, let's, we're going to beat this shit first try. I'm not even worried. And he was all, no, bro, you got to defeat all the generals and the whole map before you defeat the last one. And I was like, bro, it's going to happen. Like, I've never been more confident or cocky on anything because, you know, I just video games is my, my shit, I guess. And uh, we did. We beat it easy. And then we went ahead and beat the last three levels he needed to beat. And, uh, you know, knocked that out real quick. So that gave me, that was a lot of fun put me right back in college where we're just i mean dynasty wars people don't know it's a dumb fucking game you're like it's like the history of china and you you play these stages and shit of there's like different families and it's like a, yeah you have like a big character and usually you kill like 400 to a thousand people in a little map of just like little weaklings it's just a dumb action game but it's so much fun uh multiplayer co-op couch co-op shit so you know i'm glad we got to do that overall it was an enjoyable experience you know it's two and a half hour drive to go see powwow hung out for a day and then came home maybe i should have went longer but his wife and kids were going to indianapolis the next day so like it was really hectic around the house i don't think we scheduled it very well and then i really try to hop up him coming 
coming down here for a weekend, hanging out, being on the podcast or two. And um, hopefully he will. You know, I really miss having powwow around here and on the podcast. But I understand, you know, you're adults, your life moves on. And then any listener I have now, it's mainly just internet people. Y'all don't even fucking know Pow. Whereas when I first started this podcast, most of our listeners came because Pow Wow was on it. You know, because again, people just like him. You know, they like meet him when they just think they're his friend or they want to be his friend. And so people were, I think, turning in on the podcast just to hear what Pow Wow was saying back in our first iteration. But anyway, good time. And I also got to say, you know, that's what you got to do out there when, uh, when you become an adult, if you're younger or if you're an adult now, you know it, uh, you have to make time for your friends to have friends. So a lot of people, their friends are just their coworkers. Like my wife today, she actually went out with her coworkers, um, to do stuff. And I don't, I'm not against being friends with your coworkers, but it's hard to keep your old friendships alive because you got to like literally make the time for them or else they just will fade away, you know? So it, it, part of it sucked, you know, having to drive all the way up there and all that, but not real. I mean, it's, you know, spring break for me and uh, the one perk in my job, I guess, is, is getting some breaks. And so I just got to go see the old homie and uh, hopefully and also one thing I didn't mention is they're obsessed with fucking softball. So his wife has like these friends come over at one time and they're just all just talking about softball. And so finally I broke down and go, what's the situation? Like, do y'all pay money to play in a softball league, like a bowling league? And they're like, yes. So like there's these, you pay like, you know, 200 bucks or whatever for these tournaments to be for your per person for your team. And they're like, but you get a Jersey for it. I don't know. Again, I understand if I was in a softball, this would be very fun. You'd be going out and just paying money to, you know, be a part of a community and really love it. But because I'm so involved in like the podcast music world, I'm like, when would I have time for softball? But to me, but they're looking at me like you have time to make a podcast, you know, because these people are like at batting cages all the time, just fucking in their thirties, just trying to get better at softball. And again, I, at first I really, I kind of was judging. And I think Powell was very good. He was telling like, he gets sponsored. People pay for his fees to be on their team and shit. But um, these other people, you know, they pay to be on and they, they're having fun. And it was hard for me not to judge of like, you're adults fucking paying to play a baseball or softball. But I'm again, I pay money for all kinds of dumb music shit. The people would be like, what an idiot. So I think it is all about just living your life and having fun, but it that was a new world I didn't know about was these fucking the softball life. So if I ever get Powell on, he'll have to go into deep detail, of course, about that. But all right, let's play another song here. Uh, it's gonna be you know we're talking about natives, and this one just perfect. I actually have already numbered these beforehand, so it wasn't on purpose, but it's perfect. Uh, it's the old homie Spider Deuce, who was a native out of I think California, and this is all something me and Powell talked about this weekend. Uh, in general, I normally just say Indian, but everyone keeps saying Native American, Native American. You know, that's always their term. And me and him were talking about it. I was like, I just don't like it. And he agreed. I was like, I would, let's just say Native. I think Native makes more sense than Native American. Um, but also, him and his family, they use NDN, like the, the letter N, the letter D, the letter N. And that's like their cool way of owning the word, I guess. Um, and so that's always what we've kind of subscribed to um, around here. So anyway, Spider Deuce, name of this new song he sent to us here is King of the Jungle. Black lions. 
You better play your cards right because the devil probably shuffled I survived my whole life, I guess that I'm the one that's trouble And I always hated work, so I'ma make sure that I hustle I adapted to the hurt, I'm not a stranger to the struggle Better buckle up, I'ma stay solid, hold it down and watch them switch it up The homie needs some money right now, he went to stick him up And we ain't slowing down for nobody, so you better pick it up I came across some money, I don't think it was I because was of luck I was only 15 when I came into the jungle, these animals make you mean. You better be ready to rumble. You're left in the debris under the rocks and all the rubble. Watch out for the police, cause they might get you into trouble. I was only 15 when I came into this jungle. These animals make you mean. You better be ready to rumble. You're left in the debris under the rocks and all the rubble. Watch out for the police, cause they might get you into trouble. I was only 18, I lost the most important piece to my puzzle. So I I was looking for peace in a bottle like a genie in a bottle Couldn't find it, oh well, better luck tomorrow If I could go back in time, I would give you some of mine to borrow Before today, I'm making sure that I'ma find a way To put that pretty smile right on your beautiful face Oh yeah, I gotta get paid for every dollar I'm worth According to you, I'm worth more than every dollar I'm I was worth. only 15 when I came into this jungle These animals make you mean, you better be ready to rumble you're left in the debris under the rocks and all the rubble Watch out for the police cause they might get you into trouble I was only 15 when I came into this jungle These animals make you mean, you better be ready to rumble You're left in the debris under the rocks and all the rubble Watch out for the police cause they might get you into trouble Spider Deuce, King of the Jungle. Uh, I really like that shit a lot. I mean, it's one of my favorite, I would say probably my favorite Spider Deuce song we've played on here. Uh, I like the real shit more a little bit, you know, and uh, yeah, I like I don't like that shit a lot. The beat was also very dope, very cool beat. Kind of matched the SoCo beat a little bit in a way, you know, it's like we got a vibe going, a little bit of a vibe. So, uh, you know, shout out Spider Deuce, y'all go check him out. Uh, it is spelled S-P-Y-D-E-R and then Deuce, D-U-E-C-E. Uh, available i'm sure on all the streaming sites like most of the artists i'm sure that'll be on here um but yeah good shit good shit all right what to go with next you know i have uh, some stuff you know what i have this one thing i've been wanting to talk about on this podcast forever and i keep forgetting about it and i think now is the perfect time since it's a show, solo show and it's just me and it's actually i have the source material if you will in this book next to me so let me grab it here also, I hope y'all appreciate the squeakiness of my chair for every time I reach around and grab dick. No, I reach for shit or p- turn around to play a song. I always hear it when I'm mixing and I'm like, God damn it, my fat ass in my squeaky chair. But then I'm like, right now it's kind of just part of it. So assume someday I may save enough money to buy myself a new chair. But for now, we're going to keep the old squeaky fuck around. Um, all right. So the story that I've always wanted to talk about 
and I think I'm sure I've mentioned it up, mentioned it before. And honestly, this book I have, I guess I should shout out this book first. I'm trying really hard to get back into reading. It's just it take it's going to take some sort of mental gymnastics to get me there because I'm right now all my time goes to, you know, podcasts, music and then playing video games. It's basically all my time. And the idea that I would take any of that and just read something sounds fucking stupid. But there was a time I really enjoyed reading, so I know I would enjoy it. Um, and I think it would benefit the other parts of my life. It's just, you know, addict brain, I think, makes it hard to get into new new things. Um, so anyway, this book is called The D-Text Book. And it was put out. So when I worked at this call center job, uh, I worked these 10-hour shifts, you know. And we would have the internet that would have access to some websites. And then, uh, you know, not to others. You know, most things weren't. But every once in a while, a website would slip through. So you'd come, you would find websites that like would have articles you'd really get into. And one site I came across was Cracked.com. And now Cracked used to be a comedy magazine, kind of like a mad TV or mad magazine type thing back in the day. But the title of the website or the brand had been sold many times, I feel like. And so at this one specific time I was reading this website, I just thought these articles were so funny. And they, at the time they had just put out this book and they're like, support the website by buying this book. I just got into reading and I was like, you know what? These motherfuckers are funny. And I bought this thing called cracks, the D textbook. And the idea of it, it says, you know, it's a little byline is the stuff you didn't know about the stuff you thought you knew. Now I'd read another book that my wife owns called, uh, the stuff my teacher didn't teach me or something like that. And it's about like all these things, you know, you're kind of taught in school that aren't accurate. And so I'm familiar with these type of books. This one is definitely has more of a comedy lens to it all because it's from a comedy website, but it's just a whole book full of interesting shit. And so maybe I'm going to get it back into reading this one, refreshing some of this stuff so I can bring up on the podcast. But one of the things that's really stuck out to me, and I've actually heard this story somewhere else before, but it just happens to be in this book. Um, but it's basically the way humans learned colors and the way they've kind of figured this out. So there's uh, an old story. Most people probably know of it called the Iliad. There's also the Odyssey, I think, is the sequel to the Iliad. And it's by the name of Homer because this motherfucker is so old. It was like he had one name, Homer, you know, and everyone knew who he was or whatever. And the Iliad's great. It's how we all know of, you know, the Cyclops and the story of Troy and Achilles, you know, all that shit, all that old Greek, Roman, whatever the fuck shit we all think of. You know, that's all from these two books that kind of you know kept that or whatever but one thing about it and you know i mean i'm gonna try really hard to be reading but not word for word but like kind of skimming while i'm talking this is a whole new set of skills i didn't realize i would need but in in the iliad he describes everything in such great ways except colors every time he describes a color it doesn't make any sense like he talks about the sky being bronze um he talks about uh sheep being the color of wine uh, hair being the color of stone. He describes honey and night and get honey as being green, which is weird. You know, like there's all these weird shit as far as the colors go where they're not, you know, they're just not mentioning colors correctly in the Iliad. And so this, um, 
fucking famous motherfucker, William Gladstone, who I think went on to be like a prime minister of England or some shit like that. But uh, he noticed this originally. I believe that he was the first one. And uh, as they go through all these old stories, they realize there's no color blue. The color blue is not mentioned at all in any of these old stories. And then they start searching other old ancient texts, you know, and no one is ever talking about the color blue. Even this guy, I, I mean, I'm sure I could read through this uh, and find his name, but there was some guy who like his whole fucking thing was writing about colors and he never once wrote about the color blue and so after a while they basically just started thinking like they just didn't know the color blue but even further than that and 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 this whole story goes further into it but i just can't keep reading this shit but because they didn't call the color blue blue they also like didn't see the color blue so that's why when they see honey they say it's green because it you know honey's yellow which is blue you know, it's like a blue green. I don't know. Somehow this is like affecting shit. Like they're calling calling shit the wrong colors because they don't even perceive blue as a color. And then they uh, have went through history and basically learned at different points at times, different colors. So we all started out originally just seeing shit in like black and white, but not because we couldn't. I mean, we had we've always had the same rods and cones in our eyeballs that have been able to see color. It's just we had no real need. So then the first thing color we really distinguish or start caring about is red. So red is the first color outside of black and white that like humans see. And that's because it's like blood and wine, you know, th- things like that, that you would need that are important or red. And then green came next. Uh, and then I want to say I don't remember what the next one was, but yellow was eventually, you know, the time of whatever writing they talk about it. And then blue is always the last color that we that we as humans or societies or whatever in these writings come to perceive because it's like a need a need basis. You don't have to have it. The only thing blue, I guess, is the sky. And then I guess the ocean, if you're by the ocean, but they're all both just so vast. They're just there. There is no like there is no need to like care about it i guess so it's all very interesting so this guy after hearing about all this shit he raised his daughter and he did not teach her the color blue so they went over all the colors he did everything he could have just not she just did not know the word blue she didn't know the concept of the color blue they just went over everything else except the color blue and then sure enough when she starts asking what color things were she is giving the same shit that's in the iliad so she would be like this guy's yellow or whatever you know she was saying all the other shit and then like as soon as they teach her blue slowly but surely all the it just all changed so interesting shit doesn't matter obviously doesn't matter for fucking anything in the big scheme of things but uh it's interesting to think about so like even and i think the way this book gets to is the idea because they're kind of against education the school so you know that's like an example of you know you try your best at some things you just don't know and then whenever you do know things and then go back sometimes your perception of things can change kind of like the way with colors you know maybe when we always learn this uh, idea that there are no other colors you know we've found them all scientifically or whatever but what if someone introduced a new color and then all of a sudden our perception of all colors changed because I think that's also a really fucking tripped out stoner thought. You know, I'm about to fucking rip this bong, bro. You know, that's that's where my brain goes. So anyway, really enjoy uh, this idea and this thought. So look into it if you like. I'm sure it's a very, I mean, I know it's a very famous study. Uh, just look up, you know, the fucking Iliad didn't have the color blue. And you know, I'm sure you can find it on the on the internet now this book like has so many things you know in many different uh areas one of the things i remember is they took out old uh, clips from fuck what were those magazines like you know the teenage girl magazines like 17 and shit i 
I keep saying Maxim, but Maxim's like dudes looked at Maxim, right? I don't remember. Whatever those fucking magazines everyone used to have, like maybe a doctor's offices and shit. You know, just teen girls always had them back in the day, a little bit before my time, but kind of also in my time. Um, anyway, they pull out some of those and it's like all the sex tips they're giving these young girls. And like when you read them, you're like, oh my God, these women are all going to be horrible at sex. You know, it's like men like the Indian rub burn on their dick. And I mean, maybe someone was joking, but like they got printed, you know, and then girls read this or whatever. Uh, so ho- I'll, hopefully when I get to that part of this book, um, I'll mark it to let people know on this. You know, I think I can come across some good stories in this motherfucker to share with the fellas, if you will. So that's uh, that's part of the plan. Um, also, I mentioned this on uh, The Secret Show of Skinny recently, but we'll just do it on the main one as well. My new kind of plan for the schedule of the podcast, I would like to get, you know, keep the two a month with Skinny and Snappy when we can you know i know snappy's got a lot going on but if he can give over every other week that'd be great and you know i know everyone likes i or i like the that duo when you listen to the podcast so i think that one's definitely try to get that twice a month if we can and then uh you know once a month at least maybe twice a month we'll do call-ins i'm gonna try to keep that all to one show or two if we have you know five wednesdays in a month or whatever and then i would like to once a month try to get someone else over here you know i had ron on um a month or two ago and i thought he was great uh we've been people want me to try to get dom back on who was on season one some and so i'm gonna see if i can find people around this motherfucker that want to come be on a podcast now no guarantees that'll happen of course all the time and i will still need people to call in but what i've learned it's kind of hard to do this every week uh i mean even me who i feel like i'm decent at it you know but these people that aren't used to being on a podcast to get them to do it all the time. You know, you can take a lot out and they run out of stuff pretty quickly. So I need to save people. Let them build up that load. So when they come on here, they'll just fucking shoot ropes. You know, if you follow the analogy or metaphor, I don't ever know the difference between a metaphor and an analogy, but get it. You know, they're saving up their come and the come is things to talk about. Shooting ropes is them talking about it in case you didn't get it so anyway that's the thought that's the thought at the moment um all right let's play a song i feel like it's been a minute Uh, it's hard to keep track especially by yourself you know i might this might be going really quickly this might be go real long but either way i'm coming so next song is gonna be from our homie lil dame I know he always appreciates an intro like that. And uh, this is actually from a beat of mine. And uh, the name of this song is Like Jones. Uh huh. Gang. Shout out Mo and the boys. Keep a hot color gauge loaf, let a nigga try me, go back above. Nah. With the woo cool, yeah, yeah, I'm on his ass, you selling chop. Big cash, can't fit a wallet. Lil Dave make big deposits. Back ten, they didn't want me. I was serving while y'all was yawning, work in the morning like Tom John. Crazy how when the money add up, then you gotta divide the circle. She ain't want me fuck that, then she want me fuck now. Catch his bitch ass flexing in that spider whip, we gon' pee the pocket. Get a dump with two girls. 
girls as I always known to do a good bargain. Yes. Boss man, I'm out the barging. Dead ass, we buying coffins. I go deep in Washington and I'm running plays like Dima Clark. Man, what you know about doing that? Bring a quarterback and make quarter sacks and put them on the line and watch them double back. Sometimes mellow mild with the bubble wrap. Good, great, bad, I hoard the sacks. I get them going, never ship them back. I triple profits, then triple that. Cook, clothes, rap, I triple track. Back then, they didn't want me. Keep a hot color gauge low, let a nigga try me, go back up off with you, you won't cool, yeah, yeah, I'm on his ass, we selling chocolate Big cash, can't fit a wallet, Lil' day, make big deposits Back then, they didn't want me, now high, man, y'all on it I was serving while y'all was yawning, work in the morning like Tom Jarvis Crazy how when the money add up, then you gotta divide the circle She ain't want me, fuck that, that's when we fuck now, I don't even want it Little Dame, like Jones. Uh, honestly, on something like that, man, if you're listening to this, uh, you got an open verse there at the end. You know, just send it over. We'll try to finish it off. You know, Eiffel Tower that beat, if you will. Uh, man, it's gotten real sexual on here. You know, it's a me by myself, me and my perverted thoughts. You know, without the shame of two other people staring at me, I guess. Just what is happening. Uh, but yeah, I like that. You know, I think. The mix on it wasn't, I don't think, quite as good as the previous two that you did on my beats, but uh, maybe they are just the same and I'm just, you know, misremembering or something. But I do think it's cool. And I like the Mike Jones reference, of course, because uh, fucking love Mike Jones. You know, that was my era, if you will. So anyway, shout out little Dame doing it big. All right. All right. Next. On our list of things to talk about, um, Spotify has a new shit out. I just got to bridge this real quickly. It probably won't take that long. Spotify's new discovery system. I see this talked about a lot at the moment. I'm sure in a couple weeks, everyone will already forget. I remember when this was first pitched. I argued with people online then. I just don't think people have the capability of thinking into the future. and Or they're just like, well, listen, this will just help me right now. And I get it. I understand that thing. So I guess I need to explain first. Spotify is offering something where it's more or less, they will pay you less per song but you're more likely to be in their discover tabs the to be on their playlist on their discovery weekly shit like that right now i'm going to say right now this is going to really affect my use of spotify cuz i listen to my discovery weekly every week to find new songs and if it's going to be fucked up because people are paying money to get put on my list I don't know if it's going to be the same quality of experience. Now, maybe it never was that good. You know, I don't fucking know. And I've debated going to another place, but I have all my pot, you know, my playlist set up. My wife has an account tied to it. Uh, Skinny's tied to my account. You know, I've always, so that's why I don't want to, but they pay shit. You know, a lot of people used to say a uh, million streams will get you 4k. $4,000. So people that don't know that was always the going rate for elite. You know, that's what they would say. I've gotten a million plays. I don't fucking talk about it or whatever. And I would say mine was like half that when I had a million plays. So someone, they're paying less than they even claim. So it's not even, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't like it. And so, anyway, people are very into this. They're like, oh, I'm totally signing up. You know how many more listeners this is going to get me? And my music's so good, it's going to get me all these listeners. And sure, there are some people this is going to help with. You're going to sign up for that Discover thing. It is, you are going to be good. It's going to put you on the map or whatever. But what it's really going to do is like... Well, honestly, if only 10% of people did it, it would still help y'all. But the, as soon as it reaches some threat, there will be some threshold in which so many people would do it, then it loses all benefit. So, for instance, let's say 100% of people do it. They can't put you all on the fucking playlist. You know, they can't put you all on the discovery tab. So then all you did was everyone just agreed to get paid less. Whereas it should be like, I every, I don't know. I understand you can't unionize all the creatives and because people just have different thoughts. But it just seems so obvious how this is a bad idea. And now other people go, well, I'm making no money anyway. Because I know there's plenty of people like that. They've only had $17 in their DistroKid account for a year or whatever. And they're like, what the fuck's the difference? So I guess I get, I, w- I understand that person's thing. But I just think overall, it's bad for everyone. It's just going to pay people less. They already do pay people way less. You know, the labels already own all this shit. They own the DistroKid and the Spotify and all that, you know. But even then, a lot of people want to hate. I mean, that's fine. I've. I was making no money before fucking I could put shit on streaming services. So I'm still okay with the way it is, but I just think people are dumb to be celebrating this when really it's just people wanting to pay you less money for your music. So I, I do want to go over to Apple, you know, powwow, come on, he uses Apple music. So I always have to send him the links over there. I've just, I try to use it for about a week. Uh, I have an iPad. I did not like the UI. I was not a fan of it all, but I understand you can get used to that title. I've also, of course, thought about, um, I do have Amazon music cause I have Amazon prime. It's all part of it, but they, I think pay the worst of everyone. So, you know, I don't want to switch for that. So, you know, it, I guess maybe you shouldn't care. Shouldn't matter, especially with all the bot farms, you know, it, whatever, you know, but fuck it sucks. You know, hate, hate to see it for the industry and I hate people cheering it on. You know, people be like, yeah, they're going to pay us less and I'm going to get put on a fucking playlist. And and I guess it's when you're overconfident in your music and you think just someone hearing it, they're going to be a fan. Whereas an I am like most people will not like my music, I don't think. And so just this idea that, oh, for the right people here. Yeah, if the right people do, I guess is is correct. But just want to throw it out there and get paid less i don't know something about it really rubs me the wrong way but if any artists are hearing this when y'all want to call in let me know how i'm wrong of course let me know let me know how i'm wrong would love to hear it all right let's do a little jingle we're gonna do the sports jingle i know snappy's not here of course but i have a minimal sports thing to say because uh, i have to you have to keep the jingle going it's the fucking best one what's snapping in sports All right, what's that? But it is sports. So by the time this comes out, I think the regular season will almost be over in the NBA if it's not already. It may already be out over by the time this comes out. You know, there's not many games left. The NBA MVP debate is really annoying, toxic, whatever you want to say, you know, and um, I'm glad that'll be over. But and I'll give a brief thing, a brief example of what kind of what's going on. And then also kind of more of the real point. I want to talk about it. Um, Nikola Jokic has, you know, is going to win his third in a row. You know, he's been like the favorite almost all year. And then Kendrick Perkins goes on ESPN, basically alludes to in one way or another that 
he's gonna he's winning it because he's white. Now you can also say he was implying that Europeans are winning it because he basically said, you know, there's these there's three players who have won the MVP who weren't in the top ten in scoring since 1990, and then all three of those guys are white non-American players. So I think he's like, I never said that's why they're also not American, but it was pretty obvious in the time he was doing some race baiting bullshit. In my opinion, in my opinion, of course, now someone like Bomani Jones, who's like, you know, very, uh, always on the, you know, kind of racist, you know, racism going on in the world. Not agree with him. There is racism in the world. Uh, so I, you know, come out and be like, of course he has the question and y'all shouldn't be mad at him for that, you know, whatever. And I, so I get that it should be a thing you think about. I just think in this particular case, this one wasn't racism when you like their numbers are pretty comparable, you know, in these scenarios. Like, it, I just feel like it was a guy going on TV trying to do a hot take to get the ratings or whatever. I don't think it seemed very genuine. And then, of course, J.J. Redick, uh, former white NBA player, comes on and, you know, tries to call him out for it. Then that leads to people wanting to be on perk side because now all of a sudden it is a race war. And then if you're not on the black side, then you're on the wrong side. And like, I, don't know, I feel like it just got also polarizing or whatever and then i'm over here on the side like i think fucking Giannis should be the you know who's the third choice here i think he should be the mvp this year personally i think he's the best player in the nba but i understand the argument for all the guys you know i don't know just they're all very good and for people to get on fucking tv and just act like this is a real fucking debate like not like a real debate like there should be no argument but like it's like it matters like it's anything more than just fun like here's a distraction for us to enjoy this fucking game we like and who's the best at it and have a little like fun debate but instead it gets so serious it turns into politics so that's like more of my issue like and then you know like i mentioned there i'm kind of third party here because right now it's you can be Jokic, white guy for the denver nuggets or you can be for Joel Embiid, black Frenchman from uh, the place for the 76ers. And it's like, if you don't vote for one of them, and then everything they're hating on Jokic for is like lack of playoff success and all this other shit. Joel Embiid has the exact same shit, but they just don't talk about it. And then also, and I agree with this, Jokic, this will be his third in a row. And I, that is a hollowed ground. And people say it shouldn't matter. It should just be about this season. But I do think those narratives kind of do matter in, in a way so it's all very interesting like i said it might have already been decided by the time this comes out and so it doesn't matter but uh the straw polls online you know where people are voting for who they think the nba just off this one thing of if it would be racist for Jokic to win again the numbers have swayed crazy joel Embiid's like now the favorite at the time of this recording on all these like online polls now, i don't know about with real voters or whatever um but i don't know i just think it's interesting how even in a league that is like 90 percent you know, uh, black players, you know, very pro black league does everything they can for like, uh, you know, the fundraisers, the movements or whatever. It seems like from the outside perspective, maybe they could do more. I don't, I don't know, but even them, you know, they're getting called racist. I just think it's interesting where we're at in the world there, you know? And, and so like the way it's like politics, like it says, you have to be on like Jokic side or Joel Embiid side. And if you say anything else, people are like, Oh, then you don't care about this part of the game. And it's so it's just like politics where it's like you can be a Republican or a Democrat. And you're like, well, actually, I kind of don't agree with either side a wholeheartedly. Like, oh, what are you? A fucking weird third party person. We're <laughs> like, you can't. I don't know. It's just so I don't think it's necessarily politics. I think it's people today. Like you everyone needs to agree with them. Like or there's a, a large number of people who like they have to have people agree with them. And you'll see it online all the time. Like people will be on Twitter and they'll be like, hey, everyone, user so-and-so said this thing. I know y'all wouldn't stand for that. Let's go get them. And you're like, what the fuck? It's just so weird. Like, 
I don't give a fuck about people in the real world. Like, why would I care what someone online says? And I say all this with someone online with the podcast wanting you to listen to my shit. But it's not because I want you to care about my opinions. It's because we're playing fucking cool music and you think I'm cool. God damn it. So maybe I'm just being a big hypocrite. I just see it all the time. Drives me nuts. Uh, the narcissism, the confidence people have in themselves sometimes where I just feel like I walk around thinking I'm the fucking worst person all the time. So maybe it is just jealousy. Maybe I'm just jealous of these people living their lives like that. Um, all right, my other little sports thing I want to bring up here. I'm do, we're going to do a quick runoff of my favorite player in each sport. And then I went with all time because I don't know current players in some sports. And I end up marking some sports off here because I try to put a huge list of different sports. And I was like, I don't know any hockey players. I know Mario Lemieux, but I don't know why I like him. I just was like, yeah, Mario Lemieux is cool, but I don't give I don't really fucking know. I think I just used him in a video game back in the day, you know? So um, anyway, we're starting number one favorite player in the NBA of all time. Kobe Bryant. Now, there's other players I like, of course, very much. And I hate to even say Kobe because it kind of seems like a basic pick, especially after he died. I think he got a lot of sympathy points and shit. But I would say let's go a month before Kobe died when everyone still hated him. A lot of people did hate him. I still just loved it. I mean, there was just something about his career. And, and when you watch those highlights of his just uh, fuck you attitude, I just loved his attitude. I understand he wasn't efficient a lot of times. This is very similar to Russell Westbrook, who also, you know, was cheered for in Oklahoma City. Like there are times they're not efficient, but they're just you kind of fucking respect the, you know, the tenacity in which they play. And I just I fucking love Kobe. Also, he came in out of high school. I had. Nintendo 64 game Kobe Bryant shut up and jam and the second one and just something about all this it was just he was my dude you know I just fucking loved Kobe and um I understand he has some you know fucking demons or whatever you know some shit people don't like about him of course but for some reason that was just always my dude Kobe Bryant favorite now back in the day before Kobe existed I loved Charles Barkley and I loved Gary Payton those were my two my two favorite before Kobe and I just never have liked the best guy. So liking Kobe was weird. So when he started winning all these championships, I felt uncomfortable cheering for someone who was like successful. If that makes sense. But like, it just was not my, it's never been my style. I just always want to like the underdog. And uh, but anyway, Kobe is the man. All right. NFL. This one was really hard. I was a huge NFL fan for many years. Uh, my favorite team since I was seven is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have never had that many good people, you know, so there wasn't many to choose from there. You know, there's plenty of guys that are like, you know, I like the LT, like with Damian Thomason and Lawrence Taylor, of course. Uh, you know, there are certain guys you would think, oh, yeah, I liked it when they had highlights and shit. But honestly, the guy that I think I liked more than my friends and uh, anytime he came up on SportsCenter or whatever, I just fucking loved him. He was very entertaining. And that is Chad. Ocho Cinco Johnson, you know, a wide receiver for the Bengals, originally named Chad Johnson, got his name changed to Ocho Cinco. And I just thought he was very, very funny. He's very funny now. He has a podcast where he talks about how cheap he is and shit all the time and uh, how he's spending money on women and shit like that. And I don't know, there's just some. I always found him just really entertaining, I guess, like in a professional wrestling way. And then they also seemed to kind of kick him out of the league because he was a distraction because he was more. And people are like, he didn't kick my league. He fucking sucked. That's what everyone says. And maybe that's the case. I don't know. But fucking loved Ocho Cinco. That was my dude. Um, you know, before him, when I was a kid, I loved Steve Young because I liked using him on the video games. He was one of the early scramblers. You know, he was pretty effective at that. But that was a video game thing, not like a real life, you know, thing. Uh, all right, baseball, MLB. This one's pretty easy, but there was actually a pretty close second place. But my favorite of all time is Ken Griffey Jr. You will notice on some of these podcast 
uh, covers on the one that I look kind of mean. It, that one, I I have a Ken Griffey Jr. shirt. Now, I'm not mad or, or trying to look mean in that picture. That's just my face. So I apologize for that. But love Ken Griffey when I was a kid, you know, and actually cared about baseball when you're like, you know, you're in T-ball, coach, pitch, peewees, all that. Ken Griffey was the man. His whole fucking career got destroyed by injuries. He could have, you know, to all of us fans were like, he would have been bigger. He would have set the home run record over Barry Bonds, clean, no steroids. You know, he was fucking pure talent, moonshotting it. You know, he was the, uh, fucking just loved Ken Griffey. Uh, and then, you know, injuries destroyed him. But honestly, it might have been better because if if it did, maybe he would have got into steroids and he would have ruined his legacy. And in this way, it's like the guy that could have been, but just, you know, flamed out in some sort of way. And I think he even still hit 500 home runs, if I'm not mistaken, in his career, even with all the injuries. So uh, love King Griffey Jr. Honestly, number two, because I liked the Mariners, obviously because of King Griffey, and that was always my favorite baseball team. I loved Ichiro. And I just cheered from Ichiro the second he came on the scene until he left, you know, so... Also lived with Powell. He's a huge baseball fan. He he had a he was gonna play baseball in college, but then he partied too much and quit. Um, so you know, I lived with a guy who fucking loved baseball. So that I guess kept up some of that um knowledge and the fandom a little bit, even though it's boring as fuck. Cannot lie on that one. All right, like I said, I skipped hockey because all I could think of was Mario Lemieux and I I also know Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin. I mean, I know of these people, but like I don't have a favorite. I don't I don't know anything about these people. I remember there was that black dude that played in the Nashville team. And I thought that was interesting. And then anytime I, I remember something that stuck out to me about that, just another side is like black people would hear about that and would be real excited. And it's like, these are the same type of white football fans that see a white running back. And they're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, they're kind of the same people, but, but different, you know, but anyway, I thought that was pretty good. Um, all right. Skateboarding. Skateboarding was a huge deal when I was a kid. Tony Hawk came out. X Games were huge. I would just fucking watch the X Games like crazy. Now, if I lived in a bigger city, I probably would have been that fat kid in the skateboard crew. Um, but the only kids I knew that skateboarded were like doing heroin at 13, you know, in my little ass town. There was only like two of them and they were just a little druggy kids. I didn't know any real skateboard people. And um but I was always very into the culture. I liked, uh, like I said, watching the X Games, like the video games. Uh, I even liked the fashion to some extent. You know, I owned me some etnies, shit like that. But my favorite skateboarder off of Tony Hawk 1, just randomly choosing him and being my dude, is Bob Burnquest. So I fucking loved Bob Burnquest as a kid. And when I watched the X Games, that's who I'm cheering for. So Bob Burnquest out of Brazil, I believe. Uh, that's my dude in the skateboarding world. He's, I don't even know if he's fucking alive anymore. I don't really pay attention anymore. But, Maybe someday I'll try to get back into it. All right. Next on my list, uh, tennis. Now, I don't I had tennis and golf on here because I actually enjoy watching golf uh, when it's on TV, especially with these new fucking, you know, HD fucking TVs. It just is brilliant pictures and shit. But I don't actually have an affinity for any golfer. I just don't care about any of them. I mean, Tiger Woods is cool, but he was so popular. I couldn't like Tiger Woods. And then I wanted to like Phil Mickelson, but then that feels like you just like the white guy because you don't want to like the black guy. So that felt weird. And uh, I just don't, I don't know. I've never had a, a favorite golfer, but I do like golf for some reason. But tennis next on my list. Tennis, I did have a random fandom for no fucking reason. And that is for Rafael Nadal. Um, there is like these three to four really good male tennis players uh, when I was in high school age, you know, they would just kind of go back and forth. And I, 
for people to know, if you're a, kind of a sports fan, you would just watch SportsCenter going to sleep in this time back in cable days. And, you know, yeah, I would just watch all the stupid sports shit. You know, I'm just like, whatever. And so I just got fed, I guess, a lot of this information. But Rafael Nadal was my favorite. No, I don't really know why. I just liked him over Federer and uh, uh, different Jokic, you know, Jokic and tennis. And uh, but anyway, that's my dude. And then the last one I list here is MMA. Now, I really liked the MMA when the Ultimate Fighter came out. I'm thinking about getting ESPN Plus to watch the new season of Ultimate Fighter because it was a way for me to get into it. And I love the UFC video games. I honestly, I don't love the new EA ones as much as I liked the last iteration that they had before this when THQ had it. And even before THQ had it, I think it was a different company on PS2 and I liked those as well. So I've always loved the UFC video games. Um, MMA is awesome in concept. You know, I, the thing that sucks about it now is everything's just so locked behind a paywall. It used to be you could get quite a bit of shit free and find fights on TV and shit. But for the real pay-per-views, you did have to pay money. And I hated that. Whereas now it's like everything you have to pay. You got to buy ESPN plus, And then it's all after you pay that, pay that you then got to buy a pay-per-view on top of that. And so I just it's hard to get into the UFC. Now, I think there are other leagues and shit. You could probably get into easier but i used to love it you know my whole friend group and age group uh, you know it was just the shit when i was in college everyone would get around for it uh and my favorite was always rampage jackson um now when you look at him now i think it's so funny he just has this huge head and shoulders on like a body that's smaller than it should be and like but I think it made him look bigger in some way. But the last pay-per-view I bought was me and Powell got the Rashad Evans Rampage Jackson fight, the black on black crime and uh, Rampage loss. It was very sad, but sad for me. But I like Rampage a lot. And uh, you know, I like a lot of guys. I also like this guy, Brandon Vera, who was random as fuck that I just really liked. And people were like, why do you like this dude? And I'm like, I don't know. I just do. So anyway. Shout, shout out the UFC. Now that's one, like I said, I really want to get back into it. So I don't know how I'm going to go about it, but uh, it's, I just think it is the best sport. I think it's the best modern day sport. Even though I prefer basketball, I watch basketball all the time, but there's just something about, you know, the mixed martial arts of it all. Any, I mean, honestly, if it was true, anything goes like you could hammer, you know, you could do all the fucked up shit. You're not allowed to. I think that would even be better in some ways, because I do think it's fun to just be like, but who is the baddest motherfucker? That's more or less what the sport is where boxing is cool, of course, but it's just fucking punching, you know? Oh, shout out boxing. My favorite boxer, uh, Roy Jones Jr. Not even close. I fucking love Roy, Roy Jones. Jr. That was my dude in fight night. I always use Roy Jones Jr. And um, anyway, I really enjoy enjoy the combat sports you know like any red-blooded american male why not and i mean not just males i would also I like watching the ladies fight i think whenever that got introduced in ufc that was badass as fuck especially when it was like how quickly it evolved like you would see these women you're like i mean they're okay and of course they would all beat my ass you know even the fucking worst ones i can't fight at all i mean i've only had two fights my whole life and i just swung one punch in each of them and then they were over so i mean i don't have much fucking experience or whatever but um seeing like someone like ronda rousey just destroy people and then ronda rousey get destroyed and then people are just like even better now than that to like just so quickly how everything fucking evolved in that was pretty cool so anyway shout out mixed martial arts and uh maybe i'll get on the ultimate fighter soon that's the goal
not get on it, of course, but get on to watching it. And then shout out my little mother. Everyone knows my little skinny on the podcast, of course. Uh, and the fraternity's my little brother. My other little brother fraternity is a dude named KV, Chris Vereen. Uh, he has been mentioned on many lists as the next to get a shot at the UFC or get a shot at the Ultimate Fighter House, shit like that. So I hope that happens for him. That'd be very cool. But he is the enemy of the podcast because he has not been on this podcast since it was mine and powwow's podcast so you know fuck him until that happens but also i hope hope it works out (laughs) he makes it in the ufc um all right let's play a song here what is it we got like the fourth fourth song of the fucking episode and this one is actually someone new you know i've been posting a lot of times of hey someone send me songs people send me songs and some of them aren't that good you know some people are not that good and then Sometimes someone sends me some like a link and I'm like, oh, bro, if you could please just send me the MP3, this is good. And this is one of those moments. And they did. They came through. They sent me the song. So a new artist goes by the name of Roberto Horns. And the name of this song is Hunting Season. Shot a camouflage at the bar. I'm going to kill something tonight. You can bet your life. Another shot, get her out to the car. Hope this makes me feel alive I got some trophies I keep in my phone Put them away when a new one comes over Me and commitment just don't get along So I'm shooting shots till I take something home I'm back to the streets, I'ma buy a couple drinks If I talk cash, maybe I can pick up If she come home with me, I'ma fuck her to sleep When she call back, I won't ever pick it up I be on my bullshit, can't believe I'm doing this Another birthday, that's my cue, like a pool stick Fuck, growing up, oldest nigga in the club I ain't even having fun, I'm just starting to look stupid That's why, lately I'm hating the way I behaving I bag me a lady, I hit and I'm waving Like they be in no homo sapiens should have relations unless they like me in the greatest. hunting season and i'll be honest i fucking i love that hook that's my shit uh now i'm over like could i pull that off <laughs> could i could i do this high pitch sing thing and i know the answer is no but that doesn't mean i won't attempt it 
So anyway, shout him out. Also, you know, send you more songs in the future if you don't think this is the worst podcast you've ever been played on. And honestly, if someone likes your song, why would you not send more? You know, maybe that's the strategy. Maybe I should just start claiming to like everyone's shit. And I guess I do. If you get played on here, I, I do like it. You know, there is a stage beforehand and i gotta shout out how you'll do it a podcast of mo at gmail.com send in the songs uh for a chance to be played there's like a guy no chance you're really listening but there's like this artist that sent fucking nine songs none of them are mixed very well uh there's potential they're just not mixed well you can't understand any words i don't know if it's english or not you know shit like that and so i just i'm not gonna play it but i'm also like I know I should probably just nicely be like, hey, man, this isn't for us. But he sent nine fucking, so- you know, Jesus. So we'll see how I handle that. You know, I'm not a man of confrontation, honestly, most of the time. Uh, sometimes it happens. You know, you catch me on the right day. But in general, I do try to be cool after like a couple minutes of not being cool. So that is the history of me. All right, next on my little list, something I, I've been meaning to look into it more. I didn't look into it enough, to be real honest, but we're going to talk about it anyway. And it's Pizzagate. You know, people have been talking about Pizzagate for years now. I'll try to go off the top of what I know about Pizzagate, but it's not much, to be honest. And But to my knowledge, it's something like the Hillary Clinton emails come out, you know, or leaked or whatever happened. And... So there's a half of the internet that they care a great deal what are in these emails. And then there's another half that are like, I don't want to read her personal email. I don't know what their issue is, but I'm like, she's a fucking important person. Mesh with a lot of important people. Uh, now, another quick aside, when I was in college, I, your junior year, at least in my, the school I went to, you have to take a university studies class. Your freshman year, you got to take a freshman seminar class, which is uh, an hour class in which you have to be in class with these other freshmen they just tell you about i don't know how to fucking be in college or something i don't really remember to be honest i got stoned and skipped it a lot but by junior year there's one you have to do and you have to like write a resume and you gotta do all this fucking shit you gotta take all these tests and shit in it but it's uh, i did it as an intercession over like a three or four day period you just got the whole semester done in three or four days and when i went there this guy met with us uh, his last name is Lozier because it round with my last name and I never heard this name before and he basically told his story of how he worked for the Clintons uh, in the feed the children shit and I you know I remembered of course a little bit of the speech of how he met him because of he interned at this one place and he happened to be on an airplane he said something asked if he wanted a job you know it was like all this crazy shit and then he got to where he's like and I've been in closed door meetings about things y'all wouldn't believe and the way he said it I like it really caught my attention like oh what the fuck is this dude here and you know and so then of course the fuck uh, you know Clinton list and all that that shit eventually happens but uh you know people are like they kill people and I'm like oh god that's what he's talking about but I don't know of course if any of this is true which is fun to think about so um fucking Clinton emails come out just saying like I've always been interested in the Clintons I guess why I said all that shit and uh people you know every once in a while they'll leak some shit but some of the big part more or less have gotten really taken on a life of its own now Again, I don't know if this is true or not. In general, I guess I think no way this is true. I do think there's probably some version of it that exists in the world. But um, pizzas are little girls and hot dogs are little boys. So like anytime in these emails that someone's like, oh, we need us two dozen pizzas tonight. 
you know, that's like Hillary's ordering little girls for Bill or something, you know. And then anytime it's like, oh, Obama sure loves hot dogs. He could eat eight hot dogs a night. And then like people are like, because Obama wants little boys. Like that's more or less the Pizzagate sort of child pedo ring theories. Uh, very The most simplified versions that I can think of. Um now, this led to, I'm sure most people remember this some way, some guy went to, I think it was called like the Comet Pizza Shop or something. Again, I don't, I'm just kind of trying to remember off the top of my head. A uh, guy goes in there with a the gun and he's like, show me the basement. Because in some of these emails, it claims, or some people claim, it says there's like a basement and kids are being held in this basement. Or maybe a conspiracy theorist just assumed that and got people to believe it. Again, who the fuck knows? But some guy goes in there and he's like, show me the basement blah 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 cops get called eventually the cops arrest this guy and everyone's like these fucking crazy pizza gate people you know that's kind of how it ends there now i i can't believe that whole story i could believe that crazy guy believes the thing on the internet cops come and get him or whatever but i think it is weird how it's like yeah but of course the people that believe the conspiracy wouldn't that's not enough evidence for them because all they say is like that people just refuse to open the basement the cops came because the cops are in on it. They're paid off. You know, the politicians own Washington, D.C. And they know to do, you know, like you're not going to convince the, the conspiracy theorists that it was wrong just because a guy, you know, went there and didn't see the basement, I guess, is all I'm saying. Like they, you can make up however many cognitive dissonance is like a very powerful thing. And I understand that it's normally used for religions and conspiracy theory things, you know, you show someone, uh, here's direct evidence against the thing you truly believe and their brain will do like, you know, somersaults and crazy bendies to make sure they are still right. You know, they're still just everything they've done has been for a good reason. You know, that's why it's hard to convince people that whatever they were grown up believing is wrong, you know, cause they, the amount of guilt that would come with, you know, you being a part of the system or whatever. So, Anyway, Pizzagate thing, I think is pretty entertaining. Now, since then, you know, people put out these videos of, you know, the symbol for pizzas or little girls. If you're into it, it's like this triangle thing, you know, and I've noticed that one of the churches that we have here, which is the church is called Trinity Baptist Church. Of course, they have a triangle, but, you know, you notice and you're like, oh, God, is that the pizza symbol or something? So, like, ever since I've been aware of the, the symbology or whatever, you are kind of on alert for it. And you do start seeing, like, these weird uh, it's, it's like a triangle, but like it spirals in on itself, you know, if that makes sense. And so you'll start seeing that in other logos. And you're like, huh, that is weird. That is strange. But then to me, because I think I can easily, I can just be like, well, what if I'm one of these people that ran a fucking pizza gate, right? Say you're, you're tra trafficking little girls. Would you put the symbol out there to get caught? Probably not. You'd probably do like everything in your power to be secretive. But then the conspiracy theories will be like, no, they want to rub your nose in it because you can't do a thing about it. You know, and that I guess that's that gets the clicks. Right. But it doesn't check. The logic doesn't check out for me of like, no, these people would try to be the most secretive fucking organizations ever. Like. If anything, I guarantee you the pizza and hot dogs aren't their, their code words. I bet their code words are something else that, you know, we just don't know about. So because I do think obviously pedophilia uh, exists. I'm sure there are elites that are trading. I mean, fucking Jared Fogles did it. He was just a fucking subway commercial guy, you know, but he had connections. So it's uh, clearly a thing that's happening. I even think it's clear that the the rich and the elite do it, because if you look at the sentencing that happens to pedophiles, it's less than people that get caught with drugs, you know? So it's like, 
even the people that make the laws don't make the penalties that harsh. And I feel like that's like in case they get caught, you know, how can your mind not think that, I guess. And, um, whenever again, it gets hijacked by QAnon, like all other conspiracies. And then they're like, we're, it's all about saving the children. And then all of a sudden, if you think pedophiles are bad, you're a fucking weird Trump supporter. You know, it's, it's weird the way the simulations go. And that's what I'll say, you know, the simulations doing some funky shit, funky shit indeed all right what we got next on my my list here um also if y'all know anything about the hillary clinton emails and you want to call in and let me know i think that's all interesting also we can just go over a whole fucking suicide case list you know ken i don't know them all but if you ever seen these videos like here's all the people that have committed suicide that knew the clintons it's unreal it's unreal like you had to be like well something weird's happening here but then the other side be like well it's just all that's fake you know, it's like what I mentioned, I think it was last week about the drag shows in New York. It's like the videos come out and then one side gets mad and then the other side's like, those aren't even real. And I'm like, are you saying you'd be mad if they were real? You know, like, I don't know. It's like hard to, it's hard to fucking know what's going on in the world because all the deep fakes, all the deep fakes. Also, another little side note, I heard this on a podcast uh, a couple months ago and it stuck with me. Stuck with me all the time. Not all the time, but sometimes I think of them. Like, it's so true. Uh, like, you know, the type of guys that only have sex with, like, really attractive women. You know, like, they're like, oh, this girl's too ugly or whatever. And, you know, I'm sure y'all have all known those guys out there. Those are probably, like, closeted gay dudes in some way. Like, because, to my knowledge, and I don't, I mean, I know a few gay guys. Not a whole lot. I guess I should ask some. You know, they'll have sex with a hot chick. You know, if they're going to have sex with a girl, they'll have sex with a hot one. But they're not going to have sex with, like, a non-hot chick. Whereas in a straight man, it doesn't really, I mean, at some point in time, it does not matter. You know, if the vagina is attached to a body, you know, you're like, yeah, that'll do. That'll do, you know, because you're a straight man, you know. So if you're if you're a real straight man, you've probably had sex with... Uh, a few questionable physical appearance. And again, I'm not trying to hate. I don't think I'm attractive at all. You know, I've definitely been throwing my favors, you know, but um, I just think that's interesting because I've started thinking all my guy friends that are like, oh no, this chick's whatever. And I'm like, oh, I bet there had to be some homosexual tendencies in there, you know, because who? I can't imagine saying no. But maybe again, maybe that's my own uh, fucked upness, but just a thought out there. I think I think y'all will all agree though. Anyone listening to this fucking show will be. Um, now let's play another song. Oh, man, I feel like this is going real fast. We'll look at the time after this one. We'll see see how I may need to adjust um, or not. But y'all are here regardless. You're here regardless. Uh, all the true fans, the real ones. Uh, all right, next one is from someone I don't know if this is a new artist or if it's like the second time we've played. I feel like they've sent us songs before, but I may have just seen them on Twitter before. Um, but it's an artist that goes by the name of Jay Blade. And the name of this song is One of Us. Yo, you don't live it, so you don't feel it. 
music for critics. Nah. For the words every day, we gotta go and get it. Don't get sidetracked, gotta stay focused on the business. For the streets of general, New York to Mississippi. It's a worldwide struggle, all my niggas living. Champagne popping, bump docking, cigar smoking. For the dice, I'm taking a token. Me, myself, man, I love to bust a bag open. Love to pull the panties off in a box soaking. And I ain't even touching. That's that motherfucking nigga, that's my fucking nerve We TTG, so motherfuck what you niggas done heard Yeah, that's the homie, yeah, you wanna fuss If you get into the paper, then you wanna fuss Stand solid, never fold, yeah, you wanna fuss Forever sticking to the code, yeah, you wanna fuss That's my motherfucking homie, yeah, you wanna fuss If you get into the paper, then you wanna fuss Stand solid, never fold, yeah, you wanna fuss One of Us by Jay Blaine. Uh, I like that. You know, I see off front, uh, some of the mixing probably could be a little better, you know, and not like, I don't think it's like killing it at the moment, but I just think it would give it more chance for people to give it more of a shot if the mixing was better and the vocals were a little more legible. But I do like the vibes. You know, you don't hear those sort of vibes, I don't think, uh, these days as much. So, uh, you know, keep it going, bring it back however you want to think of it and um i don't know i like it it's cool send in more songs that's what i say because we need them and we'll play them and if nothing else people are gonna be probably doing drugs listening to this and i feel like that song's perfect for that so there you go sorry if y'all are hearing my fucking grinder you know it's one of those moments all right next on the list um you know there is a thing i don't know if i have a few things i I need to get to so i think we'll have i'll be able to keep this one pretty long it's just trying to decide which one i want to do next so i think what i'm going to do is if people listen to episode one of this podcast again title of it a to the solo and on that something i did i made a tag and everything for mo history which is just me reminiscing about my life and i made it up till about four up until about the time i went to kindergarten from my memory of about where i stopped and one thing i totally forgot before was that 
when I was four, I took a Greyhound bus with my mom to Colorado. And it's like this huge part of my memory. Like, I just remember everything about it. Um, so shout that one little thing out. But anyway, I'm going to play this jingle that I fucking made that I didn't realize I would never use. And it's not even that good. But we're going to play it. And then I'm going to reminisce about my early childhood life. Just a little mo history. All right, Mo history. So, like I said, it got to about kindergarten. I don't remember if I covered kindergarten or not, so we'll just be quick about it. Uh, I remember the way they got us into kindergarten was you had to go take a test, um, you know, beforehand. And they decided you would rather be in morning kindergarten or afternoon kindergarten. Now, I don't know if they did this everywhere, but this was how it was in my school. And if you were in morning kindergarten, that meant you actually were going to do work to try to catch up to the other kids. So all the kids that were already kind of, I guess, a little ahead of the curve were in afternoon kindergarten. And we did not do anything all year. I mean, we just played with blocks and toys. I played a lot of Power Ranger, like just us being like, I'm the Green Ranger, I'm the Blue Ranger and whatever. It's like my kindergarten was fucking nothing. It was just daycare. Whereas and I had other friends in morning kindergarten. It's like, dude, we did the alphabet every day. I was like, oh, yeah, we didn't do any of that shit. Um, and I even remember the test of what we did. It was like, how many animals can you name in a minute? Go. And you'd be like orangutan, octopus, you know, giraffe. You just keep fucking saying all of them could. And, uh, you know, it was interesting, interesting the way they had it. And then when we went to first grade, they didn't have enough kids that were going to go to pre-K. So people, I'm sure people all know what pre-K is, but it's like kids that aren't ready for first grade yet. So they just, everyone just went with us to first grade, even the ones that weren't ready. And I was like, I thought that was also weird, but uh, that, that was the way it had there. But my parents got married about two weeks before kindergarten started. So that was cool. And my dad adopted me. I think sometime within a year after that, you know, when I started kindergarten, my last name was different. I have a couple soccer trophies and shit with my old last name on it. But the time I was in first grade, I think I was back. I was a Mosier and which was cool. You know, I'm glad, you know, my dad's great. Uh, I've never, I don't even think of him as a stepdad like that. You know I mean? I'm aware of course that we're not blood, but that doesn't mean, I, I don't know if you're adopted, I guess you probably get it or if you have someone like that, but it's hard to explain to people because it's never presented like that on TV shows or whatever to them. It's always like, but he's my stepdad or like, you just don't see that portrayal where I'm like, I just don't think of it. I don't know. It's basically like he's blood. But then when he has a health issue, I'm like, Oh, I don't got to worry about that shit. Cause we're not really blood. I'm like, that's more or less uh, the only time I think about it. Um, it's when it benefits me, I guess. And so, yeah, they got married uh, in and when I was in kindergarten, it was great. I remember my first babysitter as well in kindergarten. Uh, it was this lady named Lois. And so since I was in afternoon kindergarten, I want to say my mom worked at Bill's dollar store. You know, it's like a family dollar, a dollar general. Just back then there was other brands. And um, I would, she would drop me off at this lady Lois's house. And then I would just hang out at her house until my mom would come pick me up at her lunch and then go drop me off. As school is how my memory goes about it, but we would just sit there and watch American Gladiator. And I mean, I just loved American Gladiator. We'd watch it every morning before school. Um, and then, you know, I'm sure she'd watch something else, you know, maybe make me a snack or some shit. But she was great. She was a great fucking uh, babysitter. She died of cancer when I was 
I don't know, like in third grade or something. She had kids in high school when she passed. And uh, it was very sad. It was very sad for the community. But uh, she was like a dope uh, old lady babysitter for me when I was a kid. And then um, i trying to think what else happened in kindergarten year. I mean, it was, I remember the first day of kindergarten getting there. And I knew do because we I lived down the road from him. My cousin Katie was in the class. And... I knew Trevor because I'd met Trevor previously before we had started school somehow. I don't know how I remember the shit, but so I knew at least three kids in that room and I was not crying, but a lot of the kids were just bawling their eyes out, you know, because their moms are leaving for the first time forever. And my mom left me with babysitters and stuff just all the time, you know, like uh, in hindsight, my mom has said that she would drop me off with people and she said it would kind of hurt her feelings in a way because other kids would be like that. And she'd be like, I'll be back in a couple hours. I go, okay. And like, I would just be like, let's do it. You know, I'm just, I'm stuck here for a couple hours, but I remember always not liking it, but I wasn't going to cry about it as a kid. So now I'd fucking bawl my eyes out when shit isn't going my way. But as a kid, I kind of rolled with the punches, I guess. And, um, what else? Well, Power Rangers, like I mentioned earlier, was the biggest deal that came out when I was in, in kindergarten. And I mean, it was just a cultural phenomenon. It overtook the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as my favorite thing. That was my favorite thing. Had all those action figures. And then Power Rangers came out. And then I had all of the ones that you could hit the little belt buckle and their human head would flip to their Power Ranger head. And I just thought those were so cool. But then because he couldn't be outdone, Rusty got the Megazord toys, which was like all the Zords would go together. And I was always very jealous. My mom was like, ain't no way you're getting that shit. Um, And honestly, this was towards the end of me uh, caring about action figures. You know, I actually quit caring by by kindergarten. I remember the house I lived in when I got my first Lego set and Legos were the end for any act. I did not give a fuck about action figures after Legos came into my life. Um, some of when we lived down the road from do and I loved, loved, loved Legos. I still have them all uh, back in my parents' house. They keep telling me to take them and I'm, I need to, um, they're just all thrown together in a big foot locker. And I gotta say, fuck all these kids and their license Legos. Everything star Wars or Harry Potter or whatever. Like in my day, you just had Legos and they would be like the fucking spacemen and the mountain guys or whatever. And then I might make the display thing once, and then I'm putting that shit all in a big fucking box. And then we're making whatever. I'm making spaceships every day of my own creation or fucking, you know, cars and shit. Like I was making cool shit in hindsight. Like I thought I was pretty good. I'll shout out Rusty. You know, Rusty is a huge uh, influence on me in a lot of, lot of areas, but he was also very good with Legos. And that would just motivate me of like, fuck, how do I get, to, how do I get to be good like this? So, um, Legos were the best. Um, some racist shit I did in kindergarten um, is there is this dude Dell in my class and me and him wanted to be in a talent show. And I, we got on roller. We were in the miscellaneous category cause no one knew how to classify what we did. I don't know who allowed this. I was embarrassed in the moment, but I couldn't not, you know, everyone was like, you have to uh, like his mom and stuff. Uh, and we just dressed up like Indians and we, roller skated and in a circle on stage to three little Indians. And I'm sure I was doing like the ah, shit or whatever, you know, cause why wouldn't you? And, um, we won, we won like first place in miscellaneous or some shit. Uh, we didn't win like a big, the grand prize, but in our category, we did get a trophy. 
And I hated it. I hated it the whole time. I didn't even like roller skating. I just happened to get them for Easter that year. My parents, uh, so I guess a lot of shit happened kindergarten year. My parents won a trip to Nashville. My mom did in a drawing at the rattlesnake hunt. And then my dad won a raffle at the rattlesnake hunt for like a thousand dollars the same day. So then they went to Nashville, had their money and they bought me roller skates as I stayed with my grandparents. I'll always remember that. Um, you know, just lots of, lots of fun times there in kindergarten and also just half a day of school. Very cool. Missed that a lot. Uh, missed that a great deal. Uh, so the next year also, by the way, this is the last year I'm skinny. So, uh, Kindergarten is the last year I'm a skinny kid. Something happened by first grade to where I became fat. Now, my, according to my mother, um, but when I went to my five-year-old checkup, so this would have been right before kindergarten, I hadn't gained any weight between the ages of four and five. And also, I'm if you missed the first part, I'm, I was premature. So I was seven weeks premature. I was real little. And um, they always were like, feed him, feed him, feed him. And I, wasn't, I hadn't had wasn't gaining weight and so the mom really pumped me full of food i guess kindergarten year and then by the time first grade because i see the pictures like in the yearbooks i'm a little chubby kid so that is the age in which my metabolism ran out and it no you know it it was no longer a thing also we got a house in that time period we moved to the house i grew up in uh you know and so i think i probably had more food available just in general uh given the financial stuff was probably getting a little better. And, you know, first grade, I don't have a whole lot of memories. Actually, I guess my, the big takeaway I have in first grade is there's, uh, in my elementary school, the way it worked was there was two first grade teachers, two second grade teachers, two third grade, you know, all the way up to th- kindergarten through six is what my school did, uh, my elementary school, my small town. But first through six all had two teachers and you would be in one class or the other. And it always seemed, and maybe I'm the only one that saw this, like one side was for like the the better off kids or the cooler kids one side was for like the others or whatever right now i i probably went one side or the other different times i went back and forth but in first grade i think they definitely put me and we were a lot more poor then you know like i said we didn't have a house when i started or whatever i mean we had an apartment we were in but not the house we lived in and uh, they put me in this one class miss Bershear's class and i remember us it felt like especially in hindsight like all the kids were kind of the loser kids you know like the poor losers and then second the other side was like all the better well-to-do kids with the teacher that was like nice and young and cool and we had like this old grouchy lady but honestly in hindsight my teacher was way better than this other lady you know like once you live through it and i i had a great great time you know in uh in my first grade class but nothing else really stood out but i do remember that sort of feeling and then second grade similar thing you know except this time me and do are in a class together and we got in so much trouble that year they vowed we would never be in another class together again and we weren't they made sure to always keep us separated uh you know i gotta shout do out because he he was the first like little smart ass kid that I met and I just took a lot of his humor. He likes all the same TV shows and movies and stuff when we were younger and, and he liked uh, sports games a lot. He just loves sports. And he, I always say he was actually the closest thing to powwow. Like powwow is like a little is night is like a nicer version in a lot of ways, but they're very similar. They both love baseball and dancing. And I mean, there's, they have a lot of overlap there, but do is the man. And, uh, also in second grade, we had an awesome soccer team. Uh, you know, that's 
we had t-ball of course in the summer but soccer was the second sport i'd played and we went undefeated to my memory uh we were the jefferson county wild bunch was the name of our team and you know just fucking soccer i thought was awesome you know i mean i know a lot of people in america don't love the soccer but big green had come out at that time and just it was soccer fucking mania where i was from and uh we were loving it. I don't know it. Eventually, when we went undefeated, they kicked us out the next year because they said it was a Stevens County League and we're from the neighboring county, so we couldn't play anymore. So that's how that one ended. Fucking shitty adults. Um, all right, I'm trying to just get all the way up until my dad got a cool job. And I thought that would be a good stop at spot. So what else? That's second grade. Third grade would be like oh, 96 or something. I'd be like eight years old, eight to nine, something like that. Uh, Third grade was cool. That's when Jonathan became uh, like my best friend who I've mentioned all the time on here. We have like this David Spade, Chris Farley sort of dynamic to our look. But it all happened because one summer, the summer before third grade, actually, uh, you know, that's your second year of coach pitch. And we had enough players that they had two teams. And that hadn't happened with our age group before. So we had like Warwick Red and Warwick White. We're like the two teams. And they, I guess, do some draft of some sort. And now this, it sucked in the moment a lot. It was like a big, huge blow to me that I wasn't chosen for the good team. Because Dew's dad coached it. And Dew, you know, was like the star player. And... I stay the night there all the time. I just really felt like I should have been on that team because that's where my friends were. My friends were on that team. Now, I don't know if there was some sort of draft and I was chosen first by the shit team. I don't fucking know. You know, I guess that's the best case scenario. I've never thought about it until now. But what ended up happening is me and Jonathan become very good friends that year because we're on the preacher. He's the one who's coaches the second team. We're on the preacher's team and it's all about having fun. It wasn't competitive at all. I wasn't used to this. It was like, I don't know. We didn't win. We hardly won any games. Most of the time we didn't even have enough guys to fill the team. Like people just wouldn't show up. And then we would just start each inning with two outs already playing seven people. And I always thought it was fucked up. They would put you at a disadvantage and also have less people. Like I didn't, it never made sense to me, but we had fun. I hit the fuck out of the ball. I mean, I remember it was like, it was really fun for me that summer. I was the clearly best per or I'm Jonathan might've been the best. Maybe I was second best, but Jonathan became really good at baseball later on. I don't remember how he was that year necessarily, but we even had a practice where it was like all the parents came out and played against the kids. And like, that would have never happened on the serious team, you know, and I want to say the serious team, I think they went undefeated. Like they kicked ass, you know, but I, in hindsight, I think it was a really cool to be on the shitty team. And it probably molded a lot of my personality. Cause I'm, I am naturally competitive, but I try really hard not to be. And I think that was a moment in my life where I was like, Hey, wait a minute, this is cooler in a lot of ways. So anyway, shout out going into third grade for that. And then when third grade happened, uh, Jonathan and me were in the same class. So we were in Miss Apple's class and I, the, a huge thing about that is Miss Apple had breast cancer. So she wasn't even there the first semester. Her sister subbed her class and her sister's name was Robin. And so she would make us sing rock and Robin every day before we left and to where we all had it memorized. And I love singing it. I would just sing my little ass off, a little high pitch voice and I'd go home and sing it. And my mom would be like, you're going to be a star. And she would like make me sing it to other adults and shit. And I would get so embarrassed 
And I think she quit because I did get embarrassed. But in hindsight, of course, since I fucking make music now, I think of how cool it would be if my mom was like, let's get you singing lessons. Let's actually work on this instead of being like, sing Rockin' Robin every time an adult comes around. You know, I don't know if she handled it well, but she was young and it was the 90s. So definitely remember fucking Rockin' Robin, though. It was some decent shit. And then, uh, you know, fourth grade, I would say, is... uh, Oh, I guess on third grade, I missed a couple of things, a couple of things. Uh, I had a talent show in third grade as well, in which we did a comedy sketch where we all played fishermen. There was like four of us and we know we had to memorize some lines, like a sketch comedy show. And I think we got second place in the comedy group. So for whatever reason, I, I, I started thinking about more talent shows. And then that year also I was in a, the play we had a you know it was a play at christmas and i played dr moeller who was a dentist and eric who's been on this podcast you know back in the day he was yankee doodle so he played it was like a yankee doodle christmas was the play i think and he played yankee doodle and then he went to a dentist at one time and i was the dentist i was like the mad dentist and then i just remember the song would play i didn't have to sing it but it would break out and then i would yell a line so almost rapping, if you will, uh, third grade. And it was very fun. I remember really enjoying the third grade play. Out of all the plays I'd done, it's up there. Um, all right. And then the next year, my dad got a good job when I was in fourth grade, uh, eventually at this fiberglass factory. And then my whole life, you know, changed the whole. I, mean, I think I came probably a little more spoiled after that. Um, probably a little more shit in a lot of ways. But up until this point, I was still pretty poor. But my dad gets his job at this fiberglass factory. It's when um, I got into gifted and talented. Was in fourth grade because I, I kicked ass on the achievement test. And that was all because the teacher just noticed how messy I was. And she made she wrote boxes on my sheet of paper. And she was like, everything has to be in this box. And just that alone, I went to like... I just was acing math tests just out of nowhere. So uh, shout out Mrs. Beavers for that one, fourth grade teacher. But, you know, I think that's a good stopping spot. So that's my younger elementary poor years, if you will. Um, You know, that's uh, where you're you're hardened. You know, you 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 develop who you are. You know, I was fairly cool at this time with my friend do was the coolest so i mentioned earlier and uh we would have a race and i think i was the third fastest it was do and then or do and zach were the two fastest and i was third and kindergarten so that's really how it set the tone and then after that you just got to be funny or at least that's how i did it especially when you got fat when you got fat you had to be funny like there that is the only option no one likes the fucking fat kid who's not funny i tell you that so that's how you develop some quick wit. So when people call you fat, you can tell them their mom sucks cock or whatever. Just put them in their place. <clears throat> Y'all know what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Next song. Get back to the music, man. And uh, it's going to be from the internet homie. It's your boy H2's new group. I don't know if they're new, actually. I don't know if that was accurate. But he's in a rap group with two of his homies from Flatliner Music. Uh, And again, I think they're from Flatliner Music. But the name of the other artists are JSYF and MrGoat731. The name of the group is It's The Fame. And the name of this song is Poses.
that shit, bitch, you can have your moment right. Cause getting out of line, I'll fuck around and have it stolen uh -huh. Gon' make a move on us, Come on. we out here in the open uh. Cause you ain't striking shit but poses when the camera's rolling hey. Let them pop that shit, bitch, you can have your moment That's right. Cause getting out of line, I'll fuck around and have it stolen Gon' make a move on us, Come on. we out here in the open Cause you ain't striking shit but poses when the camera's rolling hey. I was trying to run it up, number one, no runner up, the grind never stops, make it seem like I ain't done enough, you can keep it bundled up in bands or you can spread it out, when I add it up, it adds up, deuces, I'm headed out, don't act like I can't count, nah. big bills and large amount, niggas pulling by the four, niggas rolling by the ounce, yeah, ain't my nigga, I'ma bounce, don't mean no harm, don't take offense, my real little one's legit, how you niggas switch, don't make no sense, got some little hitters, they low key, they just pee. Shit. I call them my young gunners on that Chris and Neep shit. Attend private school, but in public on the street shit. Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, they say they ain't seen shit. Gotta keep my distance, y'all too close. I'ma skip a seat, invest my heart into this hustle. Trust me, I won't skip a beat. Focusing on how I move, not what make y'all envy me. I won't let you suckers drain my pockets or my energy. Let them pop that shit, bitch. You can have your moment. That's right. Cause getting out of line, I fuck around and have it stolen. Uh -huh. Gonna make a move on us. Come on. We out here in the open. Uh. Cause you ain't striking shit but poses when the camera's rolling. Hey, let them pop that shit, bitch. You can have your moment. That's right. Cause getting out of line, I fuck around and have it stolen. Gonna make a move on us. Come on. We out here in the open. Cause you ain't striking shit but poses when the camera's rolling. Hey. Out here in the open. My sweet swollen, all these haters watching, it's like the police rolling. I might bend the block, but won't see me folding. Niggas still taking shots, and they still catching COVID. Run up on me wrong, I'ma get you right. Run up on me, dog, I might take your life. Mix Patron and Hen, the evil thoughts just ooze out. The way my young niggas spin and spin, brought Channel 7 News out. Come through again, 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 till they take the whole crew out. My niggas win, 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 it ain't nothing you can do about it. I'm the beginning, middle, and end. Google who, nigga, I doubt it. All these niggas claim we can, or we friends, nigga, I doubt it. I'll never trust the soul, get too close, I'll bite you. I'll never trust these hoes, let that nigga wife you. Bend it over, touch your toes, you know I one night you. I be living by the code, but they broke the cycle. Let them pop that shit, bitch. You can have your moment. That's right. Cause getting out of line, I fuck around and have it stolen. Uh -huh. Gonna make a move on us. Come on. We out here in the open. Uh. Cause you ain't striking shit but poses when the camera's rolling. Hey, let them pop that shit, bitch. You can have your moment. That's right. Cause getting out of line, I fuck around and have it stolen. Gonna make a move on us. Come on. We out here in the open. Cause you ain't striking shit but poses when the camera's rolling. Hey. It's the theme with poses. I like that one. I like that one a lot. H2 really coming in with those hooks. Glad to just hear H2 back on some shit. You know, for a while, he had disappeared on us, but he's back with the music. Uh, and then also, I like both those verses. I think they very cool. Uh, had lots of lots of good flow. Very smooth. I don't remember what else. I just fucking literally just hit the shit. I'm just trying to recover before I can talk. 
So I apologize to for the subpar audio for all y'all diehard listeners. But I'm going to say, I think, oh, we're getting close to two hours in. I was real nervous I couldn't hit two hours. And now I think I'll easily be over. So, you know, sometimes you don't want to go too quick on these things and some people want quicker podcasts i know i've shared with people like yeah these motherfuckers get about three hours long or longer and they're like oh shit but you know what not meant for them you know we put up the biggins for the people that need them people that want them the ones that got to have them all right let's do our top five list this week uh play the jingle All right, this week we're doing top five bands, and as in we, I mean me, solo, by myself. I just say we, because I try to include you, the listener, in this, in the equation of when I'm using pronouns, because I'm pro-pronouns. You got a pronoun? Let's say it. If you don't have a pronoun, we won't say it. You know, that's how I feel about it. So, this week doing top five favorite bands. Uh, you know, to me, a band is someone, they play instruments. I guess that's the only fucking prerequisite I have, you know, like, I don't think NSYNC is a band, you know, I know they're called a boy band, but I don't think they are. Not that they'd be on the list I and mean, they're good, but I don't think they would hold up to the other ones. Um, but I'm not going to act like I didn't own some NSYNC CDs secretly calling everyone else gay that did, or I meant calling everyone else gay, but secretly owning them. That's, that was the way it worked in the nineties. Damn it. And you know, I went with this one, favorite bands, because really, uh, I've made a little list of different top five lists I could make, and all the rest just gave me so much anxiety of like, oh my God, I don't know if I could do that right now. And I just kind of was right off the top of the head this morning, was like, let's do this shit. Uh, you know, I didn't put a whole lot of thought, I didn't look up any bands, anything like that, uh, because there's just so many bands out there, and there's so many genres, and mostly bands will be rock music, but I'm sure, I mean, The Roots is a hip hop band, and I'm sure there's country bands that have some certain name that I just don't know about, you know, but in general, I do think you think of rock music. I think a lot of there's so many different, like I said, genres of it. People have so many different opinions and tastes that it's, uh, you know, can go a lot of different ways, a lot of different ways. So I'm going to go ahead and start with my number five and work our way up to number one. And if uh, I think I did do this list on season one at some point in time early, early on. Don't remember at all what I put on that. So, but I bet the first couple are the same. So, number five on my list is a band that I listened to in junior high um, off of a song I would have classified as hip hop at the time because I'm an idiot. But that's how they broke on my radar. And then I ended up buying their album and I just listened to it all the time. And that is The Offspring. So, The Offspring had a song called Pretty Fly for a White Guy that was just this fucking massive hit when I was like late elementary to junior high age. And I had to have the CD. I just had to have it. So I went and got uh, the Offsprings Americana, which is the name of the album. And it had like fucking weird ass art. And I just, I listened to it, you know, going on 
field trips for school or like track meets, things like that. You'd have your Walkman. And I would, you know, of course, at first you're just listening to that same song over and over again because that's how we used to do it back then. So we, I mean, we hate all we want on these kids and their playlists and they're just listening to the same. We used to do the same thing. We used to repeat this, you know, I remember buying fucking Cisco's album just playing the thong song on repeat for like a hundred and hundreds of times before i even heard another song on the album so anyway after eventually i got tired of listening to pretty fly for a white guy um of course i listened to the rest of the album and there's many songs on there way better than pretty fly for a white guy believe it or not and so i would just uh listen to this shit all the time you know then i got napster of course that happened and you know, I'd start searching for them, getting other songs. And so The Offspring, I've always been a fan of, but it's not one I had. I didn't really think about them often. Um, but then whenever I started thinking back to it and I was thinking, there's a song that's like, my friend's got a girlfriend and I hate that bitch. And, uh, you know, like that's how it starts off, but it's all like musical and shit. I just don't want to sing it at the moment. And I remember just as a kid just thinking it's so funny, you know. And um, so there was a little bit of humor, you know, they're kind of actually similar. Maybe not, people are gonna be like, no, they're not people that really into it. But bloodhound gang was kind of like this comedy rock group or whatever. And the offspring seemed like the serious version of them, you know, like they'd have like a little bit of humor here and there, but there was still like real rock music and it was like real shit. Um, but it always kind of reminded me of them for some reason, but I understand that's probably stupid. A lot of people, but anyway, the offspring number five on my list of favorite bands, Number four, something way different. This is a band I got into uh, when I was in like junior high age range um, to junior high to high school. I love these this band a lot. I mean, I've seen them live three times, uh, which is a lot for when you live in the middle of fucking Oklahoma. And that is Reliant K. So I was really into uh, church at this time. You know, I was going to go to all the youth group shit, you know, and that's how you got blowjobs and things, you know, not to be too crass about it, but it wasn't just blowjobs. I mean, just in general, if I can get attention from the ladies, a church event, or even just hanging out with friends, like everyone just did it. You know, I don't want to act like it was all sexual based. And also I was a believer at the time, you know, and all the church shit, but uh, all there was all these Christian bands, you know, and so people would like different ones. And one of the bands was Reliant K. And I, even when listening, I didn't ever think it sounded like Christian music. I mean, every once in a while, there'd be like a riff somewhere there. They would like praise God and you're like, oh, okay, there it is. But the majority of their music, I didn't, it always seemed like it was about a girl to me more than about God. And then, um, they also had some funny songs like mood ring or Sadie Hawkins dance. You know, they were just fun, fun little jams, you know, for people that were, you know, again, this is all cornball shit, you know, nothing heavy at all. But uh, I thought the lead singer could fucking really sing. I really liked it. It was kind of reminiscent of the sort of emo alt movement going on, you know, in the other side of music that wasn't Christian. And eventually, like their fourth album was not a Christian album. You know, it came out on a different label. They had a, a little bit of success, you know, on the MTVs and stuff like that, but not much. And then I think the lead singer actually is the guy who sang the sings the butterflies song the dj or the fuck you know it was like a huge fucking song about butterflies dj crazy town or some shit i don't remember what the fuck the guy who put the song out but anyway i think the singer on that song was actually the singer from reliant k but i was just a huge fan like i said saw him in concert a few times and uh just again with that age range if i was an adult when they came out i'm sure i would have thought it was fucking gay as fuck but at the time i was all for it and uh all right number three on my list is another one uh you know this was probably after reliant k i really got into this band and uh, another 
reason I like them is me and Pow Wow independently also both liked them. So in college, uh, we both found out we liked this band. We're like, oh shit. And that is Motion City Soundtrack. Now, Motion City Soundtrack is definitely on the weird alt shit. You know, I don't even know what fucking subgenre all this rock music is. I don't listen to enough of it. But uh, they have a song called The Future Freaks Me Out that I really liked. Um, fuck, there was another one, too, that I can think of how it starts. I just don't remember the name of the, the song at the moment. I don't know. Yeah, obviously, they're not number three. If I don't remember all their songs. But uh, that I would say they're my number three. They have two albums that are good. I don't know if they ever came out with more after that. But uh, this is one I could definitely just uh, sing. You know, a lot of karaoke moments. Not that I do real karaoke, but if we're in the car, fucking Motion City soundtrack comes on, I'm going to be doing that high-pitched singing shit, you know, that they do and really fucking feeling myself. You know, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to all this music today, by the way. I got to give give them all a shot. Um, so, yeah, that's my number three Motion City soundtrack. And also at the when I was in high school, you listen to some of that. You might get some of the like girls with all the eyeliner and big helmet heads that would might look your way, you know, because, you know, some Motion City soundtrack songs. So that also seemed to help out. Um, all right. Number two on my list. Number two and one could uh, is really a close call. Uh, in a lot of ways, but I'm still pretty confident about it. But number two, I like a lot. I would say like there's a different tier between all the rest of these and number one and two. That's like they're on another tier as far as how much I listen to them and how much I have listened to them in my life and all that. And so number two is Gym Class Heroes. So Gym Class Heroes is like a alt rock hip hop band, I guess I would say. And uh, the lead singer is a dude by the name of Travi McCoy. He helped break Tyga onto the scene. If you're a hip hop fan, he claimed Tyga was his little is like his nephew or something in a music video when Lil Wayne first introduced him. Also, he uh, done a song that Lil Wayne, I guess, bought off of him probably and then ended up putting the squeeze the world in my hand song or whatever. I feel like that there was one of those songs that came out on like the Carter Ford that was originally a Travi McCoy song because I'd heard it. You know, I had it on an iPod for years until then Lil Wayne came out the him just doing a version of it. Uh, so I love Travi McCoy, the lead singer. I mean, he's the real reason I like gym class heroes, but also love gym class heroes. They have a few albums two I really like the paper cut Chronicles. One is uh, amazing. I love the paper cut Chronicles. Probably my favorite one. Um, was it fat kids and gym class? I think might be the, the second one. Um, and then they uh, later they put out the paper cut Chronicles too. That's also, I think pretty good. Um, you know, they, they went through and when they finally broke through, they did, you know, they became very popular on the MTV shit, you know, with fallout boy and all that stuff. Um, but I didn't like their radio hits. You know, this is one of those bands where like I was there before they blew up and their early shit's the best and all that fucking radio pop shit. So, you know, like I'm, that's definitely my opinion on them, but I'm glad they made the money and, you know, got the success and hopefully they made money. Who knows, you know, with the fucking record label deals back then and shit. But, uh, you know, I really love gym class heroes. I, you know, like some paper cut chronicles. I listen to probably uh, a couple times a year, you know, I'll listen to like just the album, but all those songs I've liked. So they come up on my like songs list on Spotify. Um, but man, it's just some good stuff. Faces in the hall is probably my favorite song of theirs. It's so sad. And it's, you know, I don't, it's probably not even as cool anymore, but it's a story of this uh, kid who, 
Well, I think of the first part, I can't remember, there's two halves to it. I don't remember which half goes first. Let's say the first half's about a girl and she wants to be cool and she goes to this party and she ends up doing heroin for the first time at the party. And then in the other room, her boyfriend is getting his ass beat or something and she misses it and he gets killed. And then the second half of it is about this kid who's gay um, and he ends up going to this party and he gets, can you end up realizing like, that was her boyfriend, you know, I don't know. It's like a real cool, those like story fucking songs. And you're like getting all stoned listening to it. And you're like, bro. And then you're like, God, I'll never write anything this fucking deep. Um, so anyway, I really like gym class heroes. I, I feel like I'm very influenced by the gym class heroes and a lot of my music. Uh, and some of, you know, I do a lot of different styles, but I do think sometimes that comes through. And again, like all the rest of these, I just need to go listen to more today. So good on it. All right, I'm coming into my number one favorite band. It is a two-man band, and that is Tenacious D. So I remember when I got a Tenacious D CD, uh, this girl named Ashley, and she was a year older than me. I would have been probably 16 or so whenever I heard them. And she gave me, she happened to have a CD and said I could borrow it, and I just never gave it back. And she used to ask me about it all the time. I told her I lost it. I would just lie. Um and this is why I could have downloaded all of them, but I just had, I loved it. I loved the CD so much. And I would just listen to it over and over again. Of course, everyone back then, they only knew two songs. The first one that really blew up was Fucker Gently. So uh, also Tenacious D had an HBO show back then. I think that's where a lot of people saw the early stuff. Um, but Fucker Gently is just a great, you know, comedy song about how you don't always have to fuck a girl hard. You can also fuck her gently. And then it's got, you know, a lot of funny shit in there. And then um, Tribute. Tribute was the second one that everyone knew about Tribute. And it was like a devil went down to Georgia kind of parody. But it was how they they beat the devil in a rock off. But they don't remember what it sounded like. They just can't remember. So this is the tribute to that song. And it was very funny, you know. And then the rest of the album, also very good. Uh, City Hall is probably my favorite song on that album. And I just really, really love Tenacious D. And then every however many years, they put out another album. And I'll listen to it. Oh my God, it's so good. And uh, The Pick of Destiny was a huge flop in theaters because it's a fucking stoner musical in a time when weed was super illegal. So, of course, it flopped. But Pick of Destiny is a cult classic. It's my favorite musical if I ever do one of these lists uh, where, you know, it's the story of tenacious D and it's so fucking good. Um, I think rise of the Phoenix is the most recent album, but there could have been another one that I just don't know about since then. And even it has some great hits on it. Um, I just really like tenacious D it's uh, if people don't know Jack black, the actor, um, and Kyle gas, who is a masterful guitar player. And then their drummer is actually Dave Grohl. People don't know that, but their studio drummer is Dave Grohl. And, um, he also plays the devil in the movie um, who has the rock off with them. And yeah, it's just super, super good. I love Tenacious D put on any time, you know, and Jack Black rides that line of like, it's comedy because he is a comedian, but also he's just so mega talented that you're like, this is great. And all the time now, cause I'm going back listening to old music. I'll hear some song and go, this sounds like that Tenacious D song, but it came out in like the seventies. So I'm like, Oh, actually Tenacious D is trying to sound like them, but, uh, I just think it all holds up, it, you know, it, maybe real rock fans will be like, that's fucking stupid. That's a fucking joke act or parody act or whatever. But because I don't listen to real rock music normally, to me, Tenacious D is real rock music. So they're keeping it alive for me anyway. And uh, shout out Tenacious D, highly recommended if somehow you have never, you know, gotten around to it. 
And then I have just two honorable mentions. You know, I'm sure there could be a lot more, but when I got all these vinyls that I go through and listen to, one that really sticks out to me, and I'm like, oh my God, if I was alive in the 70s, I guess they would have been my favorite band, is the Doobie Brothers. And not even because the Doobie Brothers sounds like a pot thing, but it's just fucking good. I got the Doobie Brother Greatest Hits vinyl, I think is what it is. And uh, my mother-in-law, you know, gave me all of their old vinyls. And it's just, man, it fucking slaps. Very, very good. So shout out to Doobie Brothers. And then over the last year, um, I've really gotten into The Cure. Now, The Cure is very much a me type of, you know, it's a crowdboy 80s pop punk shit or whatever. Like, But whenever I... I, I never really knew much about the cure. I knew the way they looked. I'd bought my wife uh, a t-shirt for them in college because she said she liked them. And I never really listened to them. And then I'm listening to your mom's house, a podcast, you and my wife watch every week. And the lady on there mentions how that's her favorite band and how everyone thinks they're goth. And when they think of goth, they think it's all this modern day emo shit, but that's not what goth was in the 80s. And I was like, wait, what? And I started looking into it. And goth was like pop music in the 80s, which is so fucking weird whenever you know you didn't grow up in that time and then i listened to the cure and i'm like this shit's amazing so if i've been listening to them longer the cure would have probably made this list over the offspring but i just had the history with the offspring um but shout out the cure i think it's very good um all right that's my top five list now let's uh the plans the rest we've got another song and then i'm gonna come back and talk a lot about some fucking video games and then another song and then we'll be done so anyway next song on the list is from our homie rico reds out of I think Baltimore it's so hard keeping up with all the cities in my head but I think I'm right on that one and also I've sent Rico Red some beats I don't know what the plan is with all that project yet but I, someday it's coming so get ready for that get your get your ears marinated and ready for the juice and um name of this new song from Rico Reds is No Debate Hey, you mean the world to me What more is there for me to say I would do anything for you Anytime that you need me back You know that I love you Like a fat kid loves a piece of cake Never treat you like an option, girl You are my priority, there's no debate I thought a hater try to say something they just mad cause you was fucking with me day one And they know when the day is done It's all for you, I ball for you like Jason Tatum Come on baby girl, tell me are you down the ride Hit the eyes, pull up, pull you down the side Eat it like a meaning once I get inside and die. You hold the key to my soul, you can see inside my eyes Baby girl, there's no lies I tell We make a hot nice and demon straight out of hell To give you my all, I might as well Because you're fine and you're mine and I'm proud as hell You mean the world to me What more is there for me to say? I would do anything for you Anytime that you need me back You know that I love you Like a fat kid loves a piece of cake like an option, girl. You are my priority, there's no debate. What more can I say? What more can I do? Besides, hold you down and be supportive of you. When I look at your beauty, I'm never bored of you. There's nothing in the world I wanna do more than love you. I love a honey, you want 45, like a quarter to two. They ask, what's my inspiration? Then I'm pointing to you. This ain't in life, all good things will come to an end. But I'll forever hold you down if we're nothing but friends. We 
rap inside me when I'm stuntin' the bins I cross oceans for you, ain't nothing to swim I'm tryna work your body out like I'm stuck in the gym You a dime up my sleeve, so I'm cuffin' the ten You mean the world to me What more is there for me to say? I would do anything for you Anytime that you need me back You know that I love you Like a fat kid loves a piece of cake you like an option, girl. You are my priority, there's no debate. You mean the world to me. What more is there for me to say? I would do anything for you. Anytime that you need me back. You know that I love you. Like a fat kid loves a piece of cake. Never treat you like an option, girl. You are my priority, there's no debate. Rico Reds with no debate. The love songs for that special lady in his life. Go check them out if you like it on that pop shit. Um, next thing I'm getting into video game talk, you know, save it here for the end because my plans could be a long one, could be a short one. Who knows? But uh, let's play video game jingle. You see me play, you see me play, don't you? You see me give everything I got, right? We talking about games. All right, talking games. Now, uh, this week, I haven't really been playing anything in my real life that exciting. You know, a lot of retro games, like I started uh, the Super Nintendo Zelda, and it's good, but I'm halfway through it, and I just don't, I don't know where to go to get to the third pendant. And I could look it up, but I'm like, God damn it. I shouldn't have to look up this shit. So we'll see what happens there. But I'm enjoying, of course, doing the retro gaming stuff. It's a good time. But it's got me thinking back. Uh, you know, a lot of people in the game in the gaming world, that's the way it works. So I've mentioned Platinums before on here. So I'll reiterate. It's a, in the modern video game landscape. A game will have achievements tied to them. In PlayStation, they call those achievements trophies. And then also on PlayStation, if you get all the achievements or all the trophies, then they give you a platinum trophy. So a platinum is just shorthand for you got all the achievements. So even if I played a game on any other console, I would probably also be like, yeah, I platinumed it. Now I understand that wouldn't be right, but that's more or less what it means. And then also these like trophies or these achievements for some games, you just have to play the game normal. You'll get them. Some of them you have to do extra shit, you know, like there'll be somewhere it's like, Go to the forest and find the radio in the forest and bring it to this other part of the map. You know, right now, you know, it's like something weird as fuck. So that's kind of the way the trophy achievement system works. Um, I only have 29 platinum trophies, which isn't really that many. But to people that don't have any platinum trophies, they're like, what the fuck? You have 29 platinum trophies. But to people that like really care, they're like, you only have 20. You know, like I'm like kind of like a weird in-betweener between the super hardcore and the the non people that don't care at all about trophies. So my idea was I'm going to go through the history of my trophies, see which ones I actually went out of the way to get a platinum trophy on. That was more or less my idea here. So uh, we'll see if I cover them all or not. 29 is a lot of games to go over. So we might not get there, of course. And we'll just see what games I come across. Uh, now, I did go back. I've gotten access to my old Xbox, uh, Xbox Live accounts. And so... 
I did go look at those trophies as well. My name is A to the Mo, by the way, on both of these Xbox and PlayStation. If you want to add me, I will probably never play an Xbox game again. But then again, I might. I kind of I kind of want to get on this uh, Starfield when it comes out. So that might push me. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, so anyway, I had an Xbox 360 for uh, for a while. This was around the time right before I met my wife, you know, like the year before. So I'm trying to remember do the time i guess it'd be like 2000 2008 about 2008 i finally got an xbox 360 you know i had friends that had them of course but uh the homie shelton the lead singer of new time zones he gave me his xbox 360 because he was gonna start taking music seriously and then he ended up being in a band so like that's pretty funny but he like loved rock bands so much he quit video games to pursue music so that was always that was really interesting i thought at the time and then his xbox red ringed on me and then I sent it in and paid for it to get fixed. And then so there, and then that moment it got registered to me. And so he's like, I can just keep it, you know? So he was really cool about it. And then it kept red ringing over and over, like every few, every like six months, sometimes it'd be covered by their warranty. Sometimes it wouldn't. So I just had to keep sending it and get it fixed. It was a pain in the ass, pain in the ass, the Xbox days. So finally it really bit the dust once and I just refused to send it in again. And I got a PlayStation three after years of Rusty had a PlayStation 3 and I just wasn't that impressed with it. But when I got mine and got the games I liked, you know, of course I liked it and shit. But uh, so anyway, I went back to my Xbox days, looked at that, and I actually did quote unquote platinum one game on the 360. And that is the Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. So that is the game in the Elder Scrolls series before Skyrim. I used to say Oblivion was my favorite game uh, or my fa- like second favorite game, whatever I would say. And I love it. I mean, I think it's very, very good. I've tried to go back and play it recently. It's a little rough after years of, um, you know, modern stuff. I really wish they would remaster it. Uh, I thought the story was better than Skyrim. I think a lot of things about it are better than Skyrim, but just Skyrim's dual wielding and shit like that, you know, are better. But I was really impressed with myself that I did get all the achievements in that, uh, you know, back in the day. And I, as soon as I saw, I was like, I do kind of remember this. I remember going for it. I was really depressed. I was in this real toxic relationship. Uh, just put, I mean, I think I put over a thousand hours into a, my Oblivion save file. I mean, I was just fucking deep. I was deep in it. And so anyway, that's the best. Also, I saw, you know, I did have, I think, 2K10, maybe 2K11 of NBA. Because I'm always like, how far back did it go that I bought it every year? Because this is the first year I've skipped. And man, they really had the fucking, really got had the hold on me there for, for a long time. So anyway, I moved on to PlayStation 3, of course. Like I said, this is around time me and Pow Wow uh, moved in together. I remember specifically going and seeing... Um, going home for Christmas. I was at my friend Sean's house who eventually pledged our fraternity. We've mentioned him every once in a while. And he had the PS3 with the the camera, the eye. And I was like, oh fuck, I've let's play this shit. We play this game called Sports Championship. And that sold me. I thought it was way better than the Wii, because I had a Wii as well. And I was like, this is way cooler than the Wii. I mean, you know, he plays some fucking frisbee golf and shit. And so I went and got that same bundle when I got my student loan money in and I got the PlayStation three, I got DCU uh, or DC universe online. And it was like a superhero MMO was the first game I got with it. As far as final fantasy 13, because I can see that my first trophies and 
I want, I've tried many times in my life to get into MMOs because coming from an RPG background, you're supposed to like MMOs. They're just big RPGs. And I've tried so many different games. And that was another example of I tried, but I could see I only got 6% of the trophies. You know, that's nothing. Like I even beat the game, but it just wasn't my thing. I'll never be an MMO guy. I think that was the last one I really, really tried because I just I couldn't try again. But I do remember that very well. So I went a long time without any trophy or without getting a platinum. I mean, I'll see here I got 60 percent NCAA 12. Uh, There's a oh, me and Powell almost got it in the Lord of the Rings War in the North. I think we're only like two trophies away. But at that time, I just didn't think about trophies. I wasn't on my radar. This whole idea of platinuming something just wasn't. I mean, if it happened, cool, I guess, but I just wasn't thinking about it whatsoever. Man, NCAA football 13. I remember I missed the NCAA football days. That's for sure. So, yeah, these are all uh, PlayStation 3 days. By PlayStation 3, I was not platinuming things from the looks of it. Let me see here. I do know what my first one is, so let's see if I can at least get to that one without it being too boring. Another NCAA 14. I got just NCAA and NBA 2K every fucking year is what happened. Um, So, yeah, right here. My first platinum trophy was uh, The Walking Dead. Let me see if I can, which is a telltale game. You just had to beat the game to get the platinum. That's it. And I got that in September of 2013. So that that goes back pretty, pretty far. Uh, Of course, it's going to reload when I come back out. There you go. Uh, So, yeah, that was my first uh, platinum. I the game's very good. I guess I would say that because I'm probably going to talk about all these. But The Walking Dead is great. The Telltale game. I think they have re put it out for modern systems. I believe the engine sucks. It's very slow and janky. But the idea was you're just playing through a story, making decisions, kind of a point and click adventure. and honestly, it ruined the TV show for me. I just finished, I think, season two of the show and um, or three, one of those. And I played that game and it was just it was really good. The story of it. And then I went back to the show and I was like, the game's better than the show. Like, what the fuck? And it kind of just ruined the show for me in a lot of ways. So um, shout out that game and Telltale went under eventually. But, you know, it happens. It happens. Um, here, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition almost got the platinum on that. That was my one of my first PS4 games that I bought, and I went back afterwards and looked, and I just missed like two dialogue things. If I would have just talked to two people in the game, I would have had the platinum. So maybe someday I'll try to go back and get that, but probably not. You know, it's pretty rare for me to go back. But all right, looks like my number two platinum. This one, I am I can be proud of this number two platinum. You know, I can tell I went out of my way. I know I did. And that is for South Park, The Stick of Truth. So I believe this is the PS3 version. Um... Yeah, so this would be the PS3 version of it, and it's great. I mean, this I was so surprised with it. I was kind of out on the cartoon for a while, and then this game brought me back. We was me and Palace are watching the show again, and uh, the writing was just so good. It was really hyped up this game, and then when it came out, it really delivered. It feels just like the TV show. It looks just like the TV show. It was for the first time ever. They went out of their way to make. Uh, they mapped out all the fucking neighborhoods and where everything actually is in South Park and Trey and Matt really 
put a lot into it because they love video games. So they really put a lot of their creative thought and force behind it. You're playing as like uh, medieval characters, you know, archers and wizards and shit like that. The combat's fairly simple. It's nothing too complicated, but it's fun. And then to get the platinum, you have to also beat it on hard and to get hard to make a hard difficulty. You have to make a black character. And then all of a sudden the game's hard, which I always thought was really funny. And uh, anyway, South Park stick of truth. Just fucking great, great game. Love it very much. Um, cannot recommend it enough. And then my next platinum after that is definitely a passion of love uh, here, and that is Skyrim. So that was on the PlayStation 3. And I think those are my three PlayStation 3 platinums. I don't think I got more than that. So Skyrim is, uh, I said on my top five list, my second favorite game of all time. It's just fucking tremendous. You know, open world. I'm trying to get my wife to play it as her next game to give a shot to because I, I just know it so well I could really help her, I think. But maybe it would be bad because I do know it so well. So who knows? But, you know, got the got it on the PS3 and spoiler for someday. I've also gotten the platinum on PS4 and PS5. So I just fucking love Skyrim. And, uh, you know, it's just big open world. Do whatever you want. Uh, play it however you want for the most part. And uh, I think the best sandboxes there are are the Bethesda games. I just think I think the the way they do it is my favorite way. So I know other people prefer a Witcher or something like that. But now nah, Skyrim is where it's at for me. And then my first platinum on PS4, uh, you know, came pretty quickly into the console. And that is Infamous Second Son. This is the third Infamous game. They probably won't make any more because before the superhero craze of the movies, you know, there weren't really superhero games either, but Infamous was like its own original IP superhero thing. The first two games you play as a certain character and then the third game, you know, introduce a new guy. And so that's what the game I played Second Son. A lot of people hated on it a lot because it's kind of cheesy. And but what superhero shit isn't cheesy, you know, but I thought the gameplay was great. I really liked how fast uh, action paced it was, you know, and uh Got the platinum in that happily. I thought it was very fun, but also it's because it was the beginning of the console cycle. And I just, you know, there wasn't a whole lot to play. So it's you're going to play what you got. You know, like I said, that was an early PS4 game for me. I think it came out just like three months into it. And then I have all these games here just flooding my list because PlayStation Now originally came out. That was like their streaming service. And I had the, I was a trial member. And I just have all this shit of, trying to stream stuff so man you know these nba 2k games i see how many how much percentage i get on them but it would be impossible for me to platinum them like you there's so many different modes you have to do you know like i really only focus on the my career and then i do some my league shit but i don't do any of the online stuff and there's trophies tied to that as well all right my second platinum of the ps4 era so what is this my fifth total six if we're including the xbox game is dragon age inquisition now this one's interesting because i don't even i didn't even really like dragon age inquisition i played it and it was fine but then i just didn't have any other games and i remember specifically going to the trophy list and going, all right what do i gotta do to get the platinum and then i just kept playing it because i just didn't own any other games at that time that really were gripping me. So this one's a rare platinum I got of a game that I don't even necessarily love, but it was, it was fun at the time. I'm glad it was there. Obviously I did it, but, uh, you know, Dragon Age Inquisition, not too bad, but not one I would, you know, be ride or die for, I guess. Um, all right, next on my list, PlayStation 4 game, another Telltale game. So very similar to the Walking Dead game that I mentioned earlier. Uh, this one is called Game of Thrones, based on, of course, the television show Game of Thrones, not the book series. Uh, 
this one is set in between like some seasons and it's like a certain family and you're doing shit. And I thought it was great. They had the likeness and the actors, you know, from the TV show. I remember thinking it was just so good. I was like, Oh, this one's so much better than the walking dead. And the walking dead one got like all these awards and stuff. And then when it came out, all the reviews and the people on the podcast all hated on it being as it sucked. And I was like, I thought it was great. So just another example of, you know, sometimes critics, you know, aren't, you you know so but i like the game of thrones telltale game. i don't think you can play it anymore i don't think they sell those anymore but uh that's how that one went um <clears throat> all right next on my list is my first platinum on a vita so i did have a playstation vita as well i didn't really never think i'd get a platinum on any of these games but a game came out called severed i think they have released this game on like ipads and phone like touchscreen things now because it does require a touchscreen and uh it's like a dungeon crawling game where you slash like with the touchscreen like you're using that's like cut off limbs and do different things and uh it's by i think Drinkbox, maybe the people who make guacamole people know that game and so it has a, a very fun art style to it all but um i remember just having that on the vita i want to say i took that vita to work when i worked in that call center and i was just i think i beat it there to my memory but i could be misremembering of course but uh yeah shout out severed the game was very very good now look honestly good all the way to here i just have these i don't know if my number of platinums is correct i feel like something has to be wrong somewhere i can't believe i would have gotten this many here at the end but maybe i just got into it more but my next one and this is probably a good stopping spot looking at the time here but uh, my next one here is going to be fallout 4 so fallout 4 made by bethesda the same people who made skyrim and oblivion so you see a pattern here i really like their games I want to do all the shit to get the Platinums for their games. Uh, it is a out of love thing. You know, like I just really love Bethesda Studios. That's why I'm really pissed that Xbox bought them when I don't have an Xbox. And I, the idea of playing video games on a PC is so daunting, especially like a fucking first person open world game. It just seems so weird, but we'll see. We'll see what happens in my life. I've been thinking about a Steam Deck pretty hardcore. Uh, but yeah, so Fallout 4 very good i mean a lot of people hated on it people would be like the witcher made it look shitty and it's like well it was a different game but i still preferred um everything about fallout 4 to a lot of the contemporaries of games at the time but i do remember when it came out a lot of people shit on it that it wasn't as good as fallout 3 or new vegas or uh, skyrim or whatever you know everyone was always was very judgmental of fallout 4 but i liked it i liked it quite a bit and uh glad i saw it through but it was one of the harder platinums i ever got there was a one of the trophies had to do with the settlement system and getting it to a hundred percent for however long, like it had to stay at a hundred percent for however long, but the thing kind of was random, you know, when it got above like 97, it was a big pain in the ass. I don't remember all the full details, but I remember it was very much a pain in the ass. It made me really dislike it at the end. So maybe I had some negative feelings then, but with hindsight, I think it was pretty fucking good. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. I don't like, I don't know if I ever play another Bethesda game, ever again but that is also hard to imagine all right so that's here at the end you know i see some uh see some other stuff like persona 4 on the vita i got close but not i couldn't get it once you get that close and you don't get it you feel like a fucking loser firewatch same i'm one trophy away on firewatch um all right we'll do the rest do the rest next time for start there looks like horizon zero dawn's my next one that's where i'll start at the next time i have a solo show and want to talk about video games but I can't imagine. I mean, I mentioned like what, like nine or those. There's no way I have. 
29 of those. I can't, just don't even know what games they would be. But anyway, I know y'all are all fucking hanging on the edge of your seat wondering what they are as well. All right, we got one more song. And that song is by me, the host of this podcast. I saved me towards the end because I figure most people have probably already quit. And I don't, don't want to act like this podcast only exists so people listen to my music. That is a part of it, but it isn't the only part of it. So anyway, I have a new album out called Classy. It's only nine songs. I don't know if that's a... I mean, it technically is an album, but I feel weird saying it's an album, honestly, with only nine songs. Um, but the song I'm going to play here is uh, a song called Anymore. up on me <coughs> wasn't expecting it to end so soon and i made it so what the fuck um yeah i like that one obviously uh i put on a fucking project uh, i sampled some song that i don't remember listen to the bonus show if you would like go sign up for our patreon and i'll tell you all about it uh you know very cool I will say I, I really like talking about my whole depression shit in the songs. You know, I don't really talk about it much outside of it. And I'll try now, I guess, since no one else is here. Maybe that'll make it easier. Maybe it'll be more convoluted and confusing. But you know, I've mentioned somewhat recently 
you know, my wife will be like, are you depressed? And I'm be like, no, because that's what you say when you are depressed. And it's also what you say when you're not depressed because you're being honest then. So like n- no one ever says yes to being depressed. I mean, that's not true. Some people go online and they like let it the world fucking know, you know, and I just truly feel I've never had that urge. I mean, I guess I have had the urge, but I've never acted on it. You know, I do get the whole feeling of like, I'll just go tell people I'm sad and then someone will say, hey, you have nothing to be sad about. I'd ride your face. And you're like, fuck, yeah, you know, or whatever. Like, I get I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to fish for some compliment. You know, I was fat my whole life. You know, you tell someone you're fat and they're going, yeah, but you're handsome. You know, like, that's what you're doing it for. Uh, but when I'm truly depressed, I don't have uh, the will, the motivation to even do that. Because as soon as I would top up something... I would go, what kind of fucking loser are you fucking tweeting some dumb fucking shit like, you know, like it, it would just make it worse, in my opinion, for the way my depression works, I guess I would say. And like this week, I would say or just lately, I've I have been pretty depressed and I I get depressed a lot. Um, I don't I'm sure it's different things for different people. I'm sure part of mine's like I should just be more successful or be doing something different or better you know, with my life, like, how can I be such a loser? You know, I feel like that has to be part of it. I've had to be honest with myself. Um, a lot of self pity, a lot of like, look how you fucked up sort of mentality. And I, there's nothing I really point to besides like being arrested or shit like that, which I guess was like a big, big deals, but I mean, people can overcome that shit. I just don't have something inside me of, um, I guess that hustler mentality enough. Maybe, I don't know. And maybe this, maybe I am fine. And this is just all part of weird fucking depression being like, and you're not adequate, but either way, I just fucking get on some sad shit, you know? And, uh, I wish I could, not but i mean that's just not part of it now i think i am used to it so i do think there is a part of like i am used to this so like when there are days i feel pretty good i'm like upbeat and happy or whatever i feel fake i feel like what the fuck is this ain't you you know or whatever and so maybe there is like a you keep yourself into you know whatever you think is normal you know there is sometimes i think about this stuff and i also just talk about it a lot because there's so many times on this podcast, um, you know, it's just self therapy. You know, you're just talking about shit and you hear it back and you go, What a fucking idiot. Don't do you know, it lets you have different perspectives on stuff. And I don't know. It's interesting. And then I do think I talk about like suicidal thoughts sometimes. And now I think this is clear because this is really hard to talk about with people. Well, you know, I'll get all emotional and whatever, but I feel like I can do it alone into a fucking microphone. As I have suicidal thoughts most days, I would say, but not like, but I've never want to kill myself. It's never like I have moments of like, and I want to kill myself. What I'm saying is like, I think about it. I may visualize it. I may like, what if right now I did this, you know, or something like crazy like that, but I've never acted on it. I don't think I would like sometimes if they do get, they can be overwhelming, I guess. And then I may like, fucking start tearing up and be like god damn it, what's wrong with you but in general i think i have a pretty good handle on it this idea of going to a, a therapist to talk about it does not seem appealing at all to me you know like there's not one part of me that wants to do that um i've went to a couple in my life and i've never had great experiences and so 
I don't know. And then also there's all these studies that like daily marijuana use can cause manic psychosis, you know, sort of things. And then I'm like, well, maybe there's nothing wrong with me besides I'm a fucking pothead that smokes me. And then that makes you depressed, you know? I don't know. It is all what it is. Uh, but I tell, I try to tell my wife not to worry, but then again, I just can't talk to her about it because, you know, the end of the day, it's like, all you can do is keep me distracted. So I don't think about it. How you keep me distracted? I got to fucking be doing fun shit all the time. Well, that's not reasonable. You know, like, so I got to just learn to live with it. And I think I have, I think I handle it very well. I think most people don't think I'm like that. I think I do disguise it as grumpiness a lot of times. And that is funny. And then you can turn into some humor, have fun with life, do whatever. And also, I don't fucking know, you know, if someone's listening to me for their fucking depressing advice, I'm not the one. I just know I make music about it. Some people are like, why the fuck is your song so depressing? And I don't know. It's just how my brain goes. And honestly, when I'm writing, like the songs, like the shit that makes fun of myself or like is self-deprecating, they come, it comes so easy. You know, it's like what I meant to write is talk about how, I fucking suck. So that's the mind behind Mo. Do do do. And I think we're here at the end of the podcast. So like I said, I don't my goal right now, I guess, and my weird uh number connections, I've done episode one and number eleven. So maybe episode twenty one I'll be back for another solo episode if we can keep that schedule up. Maybe sooner, maybe later. Who knows? Uh I know people like to call in. Just the last call in was so much work. I was like, let's give myself a break this week because I have to go see my parents and go do other shit. And so that's how this one really all came to be. But hopefully it wasn't too boring. And, you know, people, I mean, most people probably already checked out. They're like, just fucking Mo, I'm done. I ain't listening to this dumb shit. But some people probably listen because it was already on their schedule today to listen to this podcast. It's what they listen to when they're at work. So fuck it. And so they're hearing me now and they're like, that's exactly what happened. I got fucking conned, you cunt. Man, I apologize. But next week we plan on having the boys back. I know everyone likes the boys. So I'm going to start calling Snappy and Skinny need a name. We need a collective name. So if y'all can think of any, um, I've been saying the fellas or the boys, but uh, we could come up with something better, I think, for them two in particular. I don't know what exactly. So any of y'all out there, think about it. Let me know. I'm sure we can come up with something pretty good. All right, we're going to end this one with, uh, you know, I probably have made a beat of some sort. And uh, I'll be honest, I'm, we'll see how long I can keep them up. I didn't think it was going to keep going this long, but, you know, right now it's just, I have to. It's tradition. The OCD is set in. I don't know what would happen if I didn't put one of these on the end. So thanks for checking us out and listen to this beat if you want to. Uh, and we're here again for another is that how that was made but a the mo makes beats and uh this one you know is one of the twangiest beats i've ever made i would say also twangy a word i use all the time to describe some of my beats that i don't even really exactly know what it means but i think when you hear it you would agree you know so like ranch dressing shit, you know, um, 
So anyway, this one started off, I'm sure, a lot more complicated than what I'm going to say. I'll even try to remember. Like from the looks of it, it looks like I took like four different MIDI files that were probably all in C minor. And then I just put them together. And then I went and found an instrument that would kind of sounds like it's all like one cohesive thing, even though it is switching up like every uh you know section or whatever so it uh, looks like i went with uh guitar vst and flex called dark star hybrid so whatever the fuck that is is the melody we used here and uh anyway i put together this little twangy melody so we'll just hear all the four sections and then this thing just you know loops throughout the song Yeah, long ass melody, but there it is. Uh, you know, and that, like I said, for this whole thing, it's just that looped like three times. And, you know, we're just going to try to put some drums on the different fucking melody spots and make it a fucking cohesive uh, unit, you know. Uh, and I like the vibes. I like, I mean, I think it's on some like dope Adams family shit or something. I don't even fucking know. Um, but, you know, the first step I have here is just laying down an extremely simple. Uh, 808 you know nothing too crazy because the melody's so crazy so on this we're just gonna keep it basically just uh you know root notes on the forge you know or whatever i don't know the fuck you describe it but you know nothing nothing too crazy on the bass here so we should listen to that same shit with some bass added Yeah, so there's a bass there, you know, real simple, like I said. And then the next thing we're going to do is we're just going to add a kick and a snare. Uh, you know, I think on this, I layered like a snare and a clap together. You know, it's pretty simple technique people do, pretty basic shit. Um, and then with this BPM, I think it's at like 130 
two or some shit. I don't even remember. Um, you know, that's more of a trappy uh, pattern, you know, BPM, if you will. So on that, we're going to put the snare, you know, on the three and the seven, you know, keep it real simple here. So just simple kick and snare. Because again, I think the melody is so crazy. You don't want to combat that with more crazy, even though, of course, you could. There are no wrong answers, but um, I don't think that's what I did. But listen for yourself. So there is that with the kicks and the snares. Now, you know, the kick and the snare did kind of switch up there at the end, kind of gave it more of a almost club feel, a little four to the floor. Uh, I don't know. It, you could tell it switched up a little bit. I think we took the clap out maybe. I don't know. It's like, who knows? I should have took better notes. Um, but like anyone really is listening, y'all are just fucking around like, let's listen to your dumb beat, bro. I understand how it goes. Um, so yeah, one more step really just for this one. We just got to add some perks and hi-hats, spice it up, add some ear candy, a little movement, if you will. Um, then this one's over. So anyway, let's just check it out with uh, those little extras added in. I guess when I said before, if it cut the the clap out of just the snare, I think I meant the other way around. It cut the snare out left just the clap there at the end. But, you know, I like the hi-hat there and that little, like, I don't know, is a bottle perk or whatever it is. You know, I think it really adds a cool vibe up to the beat there. And then somehow, even though it started off so wonky, and I would have thought, how is this going to sound like a cohesive beat? I kind of feel like it does, you know, so hopefully I pulled it off. Hopefully people like it. Now, I do think it would take the right buyer, the certain type of person uh, to come along and, you know, hear this and be like, oh, shit, I got to have that. Um, you know, it's kind of got like the hill people cypher beat vibe, <laughs> you know, sort of shit. Um, so, but if you are one of those people or you know someone, this beat can be purchased at aethemo.beatstars.com. And the name of this beat is Wild Twang. So go look for it if you're interested and I'll just play y'all out with the full beat 
And uh, thanks for checking us out.